<laughs> sense of theme here. Hey, it's Gary and Shannon. Uh, thanks for downloading, listening to uh, the podcast of the Gary and Shannon Show. Now, if you want to listen to it live, you can do so every weekday from 10 a.m. until 2 p.m. in the greater Los Angeles area on KFI AM 640. Or you can go onto the iHeartRadio app and just type in KFI and listen live, listen to old shows, etc. Make sure that you subscribe not only to this podcast and share it with all your friends, but the pre-post podcast as well, which is bonus content that we can't do on the air for legal purposes. Gary Hoffman. Yeah. Shannon Farron. And I'm not going to brag about how much ass I kicked, but let's just say I kicked every single ass. Gary and Shannon. playing at Aretha's funeral right now. That is not true. That's not true, but everybody else is playing. Everybody it's the iHeartRadio Music Festival up in there. In Detroit today. This is an amazing, amazing dichotomy here. Guys? Between the Aretha Franklin Memorial going on in Detroit and the public viewing for Senator John McCain. Dueling and the funerals. Rotunda. Dueling funerals. We're going to do everything we can to make sure that we don't get dragged down into a funeral Friday where everything is super duper sad. But these are two massive spectacles. This is incredible. The the, the performers at Aretha's funeral, uh, Faith Hill, Stevie Wonder, Jennifer Hudson, Shaka Khan, Ariana Ariana Grande. Grande? I mean, come on. This is. And then uh, John McCain had Mike Pence. Yeah. And and, uh, what's the other guy? Paul Ryan. Paul Ryan. Now, the that's other not guy. Dis- well, okay, that's not just, wait, hold on, hold on. Let me pull the car over. Full disclosure. Yeah. I got home from the game last night at three in the morning. I woke up at six thirty this morning, so I'm on three and a half hours of sleep. Let's just say it uh, is a filterless Friday. You may think that your job is going to be tough today without the sleep. Um, I think the the most difficult job today may be Blake's. Yes, absolutely. That dump button is probably going to have to be used at some point. Trigger finger ready. Uh, okay, so back to these funeral things. We're gonna we're gonna talk about them a lot all these day. Funeral things. Well, I'm just just to have put a little it this bit way. of reverence. How do you even describe Aretha Franklin's thing as a funeral? I mean, she, it is it, a show. People and she's are in up an, and down, and, and she's in another outfit again today, yeah. day three. So the four, first day, day four, day four. Yeah, holy hell. Okay, so the first day she was in red. The second day, baby blue, mm-hmm. and uh, today, gold. Is it gold? Uh, yesterday was gold. Yesterday I haven't was seen gold. exactly what today, but the, but this was supposed to be yet another outfit today. I mean, what a, a truly a celebration of life. And the uh, the head of ceremonies there, I'm not sure what his title is in, uh, in, the, in the clergy. I think that's Dr. E.L. Branch. Okay. He goes by doctor, but I would imagine you just call him pastor. His exchange with Ariana Grande after she performed. Oh, I got that. Excellent. Because uh, that made our morning. So... So uh, Ariana Grande did. Look at that man dancing. Did Natural Woman. Look at that man dancing right now. Oh, you missed it. He is a giant. He looks He looks like, like Bear in the Big Blue House. The refrigerator. Uh, so this was, uh, this was the pastor who's leading all of the ceremonies in Detroit, sort of become the MC 
after Ariana Grande did a smoking rendition of Natural Woman. Oh, oh, wearing, oh, 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 yeah. Wearing the miniest mini dress one has ever seen. Beautiful, black, tasteful, except for the length. I feel like she could have gone longer on the length for a funeral, but that's just me being old and Catholic and stodgy. But, oh, Blake, I got the words um, wrong. It wasn't gluteal cleft. I was thinking gluteal crease. You could definitely see the gluteal creases. Yes. Now, sitting right behind her were six old men. One of those old men, Bill Clinton. And he's right He's right behind her, and he's sitting down, and he's like eye level with gluteal cleft. cleft. Yeah, crease. Crease. And the thing is, he was leaning over. Talking to, oh, to yeah. the Reverend and Jesse totally Jackson. totally checking her out. By the way, um, Jesse Jackson. Jesse when Jackson's we interviewed not doing him, too well. When we interviewed him a couple of years ago in Philadelphia, we interviewed Reverend Jesse Jackson, and, and he gave uh, Conway um, he gave Conway perhaps one of the greatest sound bites ever. Uh, he was slow on the uptake, but clearly there. Clearly still had all of his abilities about him. About him. Mm, today, he wasn't as sharp. He wasn't as sharp. Today, he physically looked like he wasn't doing well. well. Like, he had a hard time pushing himself up out of the chair. Part of the problem, too, is he's sitting next to Bill Clinton, who is still such a, a, a whore for the cameras, and will reach over and pat his arm and then whisper something in his ear, like, we're best buddies. Look at me. Look at us. We're friends. And Jesse Jackson can't hear what Bill Clinton's saying because it's like a, a full-blown concert going on. Yeah. And so Jesse Jackson's like, what? What? You can hear him say, like, what are you talking about? And Bill Clinton pretends that he hears him and then chuckles. It's just, it's, he's so phony. He's such a phony guy. It's so weird to see him just in, in that environment, um, Bill Clinton. And then Hillary's like five chairs away. Yeah, she doesn't. She's done sitting next to him for the rest of their lives. And I wonder. I wonder if at least part of that is just the fact that um, I think she just refuses to sit next to him, no matter where they are. Well, I, I think that she. He's speaking. I don't think she's speaking. I mean, I think they even have a buffer of a person as they approach the casket. Like they, they're not even together. There's a, a person in between them. Um, this, by the way, was Jesse Jackson. Ding dong. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I forgot about that. One of my favorite uh, all-time sound bites, and it was uh, well. That's a different story for a different. Ding dong. <laughs> okay, uh, so right now um, we are watching both funerals. Uh, the people in Detroit are absolutely on their feet, singing loud. They're singing proud. They are they are honoring Aretha Franklin for what she meant to them. Ariana Grande, for example, we mentioned uh, saying "Natural Woman." <laughs> got to be a little intimidating don't you think to sing that song while the woman who made it incredibly popular is uh in a coffin in front of you yes that's weird but so after Wait, after you gotta tell uh you got to tell about the uh cadillacs too oh there were a hundred pink cadillacs lined up outside the uh, church today to honor her for that freeway of love song yeah. is that what it was where she mentioned the pink cadillac cruising down the street this by the way was the pastor Talking to Ariana Grande moments after she sang her song. I've got to I've got to apologize because I have to brush up my 28-year-old daughter tells me, Dad, you are old at 60. 
when I saw Ariana Grande on the program, I thought that was a new something at Taco Bell. Girl, let me give you all your respect. Come on. You guys, uh, Blake, we need you to learn to play the organ so that just in the uh, background, agree. we just have... plays it. Okay, well, get John in here. Let's well, get some little... organ music. Or just find some on YouTube. We'd like some organ music underneath our comments from time to time. Okay. Um, uh, this is another comment from the pastor. Lord, you gave us a queen, a true queen, royalty at its best, and we thank you. We pray now for the Franklin family. Grant them your comfort and peace. Give them strength for this hour. One of the things that I find most interesting about this, the service that we've been watching with Aretha Franklin, is the the number of recognizable celebrities whose careers owe something to Aretha Franklin. And I don't mean in the Madonna way, where she made it all about Madonna. Uh, where these people say Aretha Franklin inspired them, or Brian Adams, the Canadian whitest Canadian guy you could find, paid tribute to Aretha Franklin, saying how, uh, talking about how moved he was when she recorded one of the songs that he wrote, and to be that honored by somebody like this, Patti LaBelle, for example, Patti LaBelle spoke about what an inspiration. Aretha Franklin was to her. Her memory shall never, ever be forgotten. Her music can last for 20 lifetimes. She was um, she was the greatest. I mean, I always said to her when I would do interviews that Aretha Franklin is my greatest inspiration as far as vocals and who she is and, and uh, just, just the voice and her piano playing and her everything she touched turned to gold. And when she left, I cried like a baby. It is a who's who at Aretha Franklin's funeral. Uh, Tyler Perry, they just showed. Faith Hill performed earlier. There are just... And, by the way, the style at Aretha Franklin's funeral should not go unnoticed with people in uh, in, in big hats mm-hmm. and, and colorful, uh, colorful outfits and everything like that. Now, John McCain's funeral... Is a 180. Well, it is a much more somber, quiet, toned down. Uh, it was super dramatic this morning as the military honor guard carries the flag draped casket into uh, up the Capitol steps, and it is pouring, pouring rain. rain. It was a heavy pouring rain. The honor guard, of course, did not break their stride at all. It was very powerful in a completely different way. But, but. Yeah, different, very different way, but probably just as powerful in terms of the way we honor different people for different things. I mean, Aretha Franklin came from this entertainment world of entertainment where where even the funeral is has been to this point highly entertaining. And by the way, it's you think John McCain's memorials are lasting a long time. The people in that church in Detroit are going to be there for hours. They know it. They're ready for it. They're going to be there for hours. Her uh, her family is speaking. I wanted to mention the, a couple of the comments that we heard today from uh, people who were there at John McCain's memorial at the Capitol Rotunda. What stands out about John McCain is Paul Ryan. what he stood for. The rich blessings that only freedom can bestow. The sense of purpose that a battle joined can bring. 
the common humanity that burns in each of our hearts. And then uh, Mitch McConnell, the, the Senate leader, by the way, who did not have a great relationship with John McCain for a very long time, very contentious relationship. And it wasn't until the last um, year or two, as a matter of fact, that they tended to the, towards reconciliation. Generations of Americans will continue to marvel at the man who lies before us. The cocky, handsome, naval aviator who barely scraped through school and then fought for freedom in the skies. And then, of course, Mike Pence, who made a comment today which, important or not, political or not, didn't necessarily need to be made, uh, but it was part of the introduction that he gave. The vice president said, I'm here at the behest of the president um, to make sure that we honor our we honor the service that John McCain gave to this country. Uh, and as President Trump said yesterday, this is what he was referring to in the interview, uh, the president's interview in Bloomberg. Mike Pence said, uh, we respect his service to this country. He praised John McCain for his iron will and called him a patriot and alluded to the fact that they may have had different, you know, political differences in some cases. It is deeply humbling to stand before you today at the United States Capitol to commemorate the life and service of an American patriot. There was a story that Mike Pence uh, also relayed today. When Mike Pence was in the Senate, um, he traveled at one point with John McCain and others in Iraq and Afghanistan. And And he said they were in Iraq and falling asleep in the middle of dinner with some of the Iraqi officials. Mike Pence was. And, I mean, Mike Pence is 20 years younger than John McCain. And John McCain walks up to him. Uh, hey, Mike, um, just so you know, you might want to go ahead and skip the rest of these meetings because it's, you know, you're falling asleep. Why don't you turn in? You look like you could use some rest. And he described him as being, you know, he may have been that cocky naval aviator, but at the same time, he was very, very concerned with everyone else's well-being. And Mike Pence said, I never traveled with a colleague who was better to our enlisted men and women or harder on our generals than John McCain. John McCain will be honored in a private memorial service at the U.S. Naval Academy in Annapolis and is going to be laid to rest alongside one of his oldest friends and classmates, Admiral Chuck Larson. Chuck Larson's widow, Sarah, was on CNN and said, Chuck has his wingman back now. She was married to Chuck for 52 years. He died uh, five years, four years ago. She said she first learned 20 years ago that John McCain and Chuck Larson wanted to be buried next to one another. I guess Chuck goes home one day and says to her, I picked out my grave. And Sarah goes, oh, okay. And she says, when you do that kind of thing 20-some years ago, you don't think that's ever going to happen. So I just said, that's fine, good. And he said, by the way, John's going to be next to me. And she said, you know, that was something like 20 years ago, and then all of a sudden it hit that, oh, my goodness, they're going to be right next to each other now. The two were classmates of the Naval Academy's graduating class of 1958. Larson graduated at the top of the class. McCain, a different story. He graduated fifth from the bottom. Well, someone's got to. 
After graduation, McCain and Larson earned their wings together at the Naval Air Station, Pensacola. They shared their living quarters during their advanced flight training in Corpus Christi. And then Larson went into submarine service. Uh, Two different paths, but the men had many similarities. Many thought that they were uh, two thoughtful men. They were both leaders, but they also both knew how to have a lot of fun, (laughs) had a great sense of humor. Dad, uh, Erica is uh, one of Chuck's daughters and says, it's no surprise to me that they would end up best friends. You know, I think that's one of the, that's one of my blind spots, but that I know I'm aware of what I don't know. How's that? Is the camaraderie that is built between people who serve together. Having read all kinds of books about military service, that sort of thing. There's a, there's an indescribable connection that, that you and I will never, ever know right? because we've never been in the situations that these men and women have been in. Oh, and you go through hell with people. It brings you so much closer. And, you know, we see it not just in the military, but we see it with police officers Mm -hmm. and firefighters as well. Yeah. You know, the the issue of um, of being buried in Annapolis is a big deal. And like we've been saying, you know, he'll be buried next to this his longtime friend. It's a strange thing to think that far into the future about about planning that, you know, about planning who you want to be buried next to. Are you asking me to be buried next to you? Is that what this is? No. Okay, because I thought that was the road you were going down. You don't want to be where I'm going to be. Why? Where are you going to be? I'm going to be scattered to the four winds. I don't know. I'll be up and down the West Coast. There'll be pieces of me everywhere. Is that what? (laughs) Can't wait. (laughs) Uh, One of the figures that was noticeable at John McCain's latest ceremony today was his mother. Oh, my gosh. Roberta McCain. She's 106 years old. Very stoic. Just staring at the flag-draped coffin. Now, you're not supposed to outlive your kids, but at 106, I guess it's never, I, even at 106, it's probably never easy. But uh, there she looked at the uh, the coffin, the casket bearing the remains of her son that she called Johnny. She was wearing a beautiful outfit, black pants, sheer white blouse with some polka dots, um, perfectly done white hair. And at one point she reaches out to just grasp the hand of Megan McCain, who sat just crying beside her, having a tough time with this whole week. And, you know, that's that's a rough week. That's one of the things that is just so hard to me about these. I mean, first of all, We've got two funerals. When's the last time you saw a funeral or a memorial service go on for a week? Uh, it's been a long time in this country that we have had uh, round-the-clock coverage, basically, for a week on, on a funeral service. And now we've got two at the same time with Aretha Franklin and John McCain. But I'm thinking every day, as I see Cindy McCain every day in a new black, tasteful dress, that you know she had to go and, and pick out five dresses, five black dresses, and she has to go through the whole ceremony of of sitting there and listening to people who probably didn't really know her husband as well as she knew him, sitting there and listening to that, and and and, and even though it's not political, hearing Mike, uh, uh, Paul Ryan, why am I struggling for his name today, and uh, Mike Pence and those those people, right, that like have to say something, and you're just sitting there through that crap, <laughs> and and then you've got to. You know, go up and, and make this big ceremony of, of kissing the coffin or talking to the coffin five or six times for the national cameras. That's just got to suck. I mean, that's gotta, that's a very private moment. Your husband's in there. The only thing I uh, I can hope, I guess, or rest on is maybe 
when we see her is, you know, an hour a day or two hours a day. We've seen her, it seems like, every day for this week going through this, this ceremony of saying goodbye to her husband is that there's some um, distance from that the other 22 hours of the day where she can be surrounded by family or she's got her alone, whatever it is, you know, whatever it takes to help get through this. It was a comment uh, from Joe Biden yesterday in North Phoenix that I think he is uniquely qualified to deliver to this family. He said, you will heal from this. Yes. And Joe Biden is a guy, we said this yesterday, Joe Biden is a guy who knows plenty about loss, specifically about losing your closest loved ones. And, And Joe Biden can say that. Then you know, then they can take some some solace in the fact that they will heal from this. Not that it doesn't ever go away, and you don't want it to not leave a scar. I mean, you're obviously going to want to remember your husband slash father, whoever it is that passed but away. But five days of this is going to take a toll. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be harder to heal or to begin the healing process when you've got five days of just heavy, heavy memorials and and national news coverage. You mentioned the mom. um, You mentioned Rose McCain, uh, Roberta, sorry, Roberta McCain. She had a identical twin sister, Rowena. Oh. Who has since passed. But but they, John McCain wrote about his mom and his aunt Rowena in his book from 10 years ago, 13 years ago. And he said that they were renowned for their beauty, which was hardly faded over the years, that have passed since heads turned in first turned in their direction, but their personalities have always been their most attractive feature. That's um, really sweet. She, uh, he said of his mom that she had been raised to be a strong, determined woman who thoroughly enjoyed life, always tried to make the most of her opportunities. I think that's probably the one of the hardest things you will ever see is a a parent who buries their child because. There, uh, there have been a couple instances in my family, whether it was a, a, an infant that was buried by their young parents or, a, you know, a woman in her 80s, early 90s who buried her son who was in his 60s. I mean, those are the, perhaps the hardest of, of all funerals. So this is what's going on today. We'll, by the way, uh, not the end of funeral talk, but we're going to end it for now because we have some more, we have some more stuff that we'll get into. So we're keeping an eye on this. Uh, this this is going to be a marathon ceremony, by the way, up in Detroit to say goodbye to Aretha Franklin. Bill Clinton is one of the speakers who's coming up very soon. Uh, there'll be more musical numbers that are going to be uh, performed there in Detroit. And then the body of John McCain lying in state in the Capitol Rotunda. Very different atmospheres, but both to honor people that uh, this country probably owes a, a debt to that we can't repay. You know, maybe it was a careful decision that Hillary not be seated next to Bill as Ariana Grande was performing and he was checking out her uh, her skirt. Because that would be a meme that would make the rounds today. Where she's just yes. looking at him She's looking away time. or something and he's looking <laughs> down at the bottom. Uh Good All right. Lord. Hey, it's a Friday. Let's uh, perk it up a little bit, shall America. we? Gary and Shannon will continue in just a moment. Shake it up, shake it down. Shannon, KFI AM 640, family, friends, a bunch of current and former Washington officials paying tribute to John McCain at the Capitol right now. Yeah, his body's lying in state, the Capitol Rotunda, on the Lincoln Catafalque. 
which was uh, the thing that held up Lincoln's casket. Way wow. Back when that they use, I guess, in these instances. So they blow the dust off of that thing and throw it out there. Um, the Aretha Franklin Memorial is also taking place today at Greater Grace Temple in the uh, city of Detroit. And we've talked about the different kinds of musical acts that have already paid tribute to Aretha Franklin. The Queen of England today honored the Queen of Soul. At the changing of the guard ceremony, the band of the Welsh guards performed a cover of the 1967 hit, Respect, outside Buckingham Palace No, I know. In London. You didn't know that? We're having her on at 1220 to talk about it. Why? I didn't know they knew each other. You know what? You're not up to speed on your queen knowledge. That is just an amazing. And it's it's frustrating. Mm. You're not. You never stick around when we talk to her or anything. But yeah. we will be talking to her coming up at twelve twenty. Voice is annoying. Um, some sports stuff going on. I mean, college football starts this weekend in earnest. The Rams finally signed Aaron Donald to a deal. I think a it's six massive years. deal. It's crazy. This week we've seen uh, Aaron Rodgers become the most. Uh, the highest paid. Highest player. paid player in the NFL. Aaron Donald, the highest paid defensive player in the NFL. Odell Beckham Jr., I think the highest paid receiver. receiver sure. There's a lot of money going around. Holy hell, yeah. When yes. are you going to get your money? <laughs> um, I have a quick gas go-around, though, that has absolutely nothing to do with anything. We're I gonna, love it. We're going to get into the Elon Musk story here in a second, but my wife is in jury duty. Oh, bless her heart. Uh, that sucks. And she's stuck in a basement, basically, yeah, is what she said. terrible. Super quiet. All you can hear is the air conditioner. Mm. And somebody chewing something. And we've mentioned Uh-oh. this before because my wife has what we call misophonia, Uh-oh. which is like a, a like a physical reaction to people chewing things, the sound of chewing. The gas go-round is, and she told me what, what this person is eating. What's the worst food that that person could be eating if chewing drives you insane? Blake. What's the worst food that person could be eating? I'm going to go with ice. Ooh, that's a, that's good, a one. good one. Morgan, do you have any ideas? Oh, that just made me cringe when yeah. you said ice. I can't oh handle God. people eating ice. Well, the problem with the ice is it not only has the crunch, but it also has the... Stop when it. When they're oh. dealing with... Wow. Oh, my God. Please never, never do that, do that again. again. You're fired, yep. Blake. Um, for me, I don't know. Gum is always... I hate mm. the sound of chewing gum. Yeah, but my... something like crunchy, maybe like celery or something that's really loud, that'd be annoying. celery. You let it go a couple days and it'd be wilty. Amy, do you have any foods that would just... We need the worst food for somebody with misophonia. A really juicy, overripe peach. Oh. Again. <laughs> this is making me have that thing. Uh, oatmeal. What? Well, it's early. I'm thinking of breakfast What food. noise does that even make? Wow. Can we get some food in Shannon, an, a- an apple? No. What is it? All of those are incorrect. Corn nuts. Corn nuts. The cracking, chomping of corn nuts. Are you o'clock in the morning? I didn't. Chili picante. They're good, man. What do you mean? Is there a time limit for corn nuts? Yeah. I feel like there is. Oh, okay. I was going to say corn nuts. I swear to God. Uh No, I was. And then I went, does anybody even eat corn nuts anymore? But I I seriously thought that. That's funny. (laughs) I don't think I've ever heard anyone eating corn nuts outside of the movie Heather's. The what? That the would, movie that Heather's. Would be annoying. I like corn nuts. I love corn nuts. Corn nuts are pretty good. Mm. Well, now that we've established Corn Nut Friday, Elon Musk is continuing to uh, cause some issues. Now we've covered this story about Elon Musk apparently slipping. 
And by slipping, I mean he is doing his very best to torpedo his own company by relying on Twitter to, finger quotes, get out his message. Well, he has been criticized by Steve Bannon. There was an interview in which uh, Steve Bannon said that Elon Musk, the current CEO of Tesla, and some other Silicon Valley giants are man-children. He called them man-childs. And then Elon Musk said, man, can Steve Bannon insult me some more? That's the best PR I've had in a while. Now, Steve Bannon was lashing out at these tech companies. He has been saying and echoing what the president has been saying, that Google and Facebook are politically biased against conservatives. Now, no one knows why Elon Musk would welcome the insults from Steve Bannon. It's not as if someone's going to go out and buy a Tesla just to, you know, throw a middle finger up in the face of Steve Bannon. Well, I think that actually that does happen with the way the climate is now. I mean, when we saw that fallen FBI agent, Peter Strzok, uh, the guy who was sending anti-Trump messages, we'll never let him win, all mm-hmm. that stuff, and he got booted. Remember that GoFundMe page? People that hate Trump put thousands of tens of thousands of dollars together for this guy just because he hated Trump. So if people hate Bannon and Bannon hates Tesla, interesting. then I think there's absolutely people that would wear that as a badge of honor. That I... This is my anti-Steve Bannon Tesla 3? Yes. (laughs) Okay. Well, I mean, in the context of the other local story that we talked about yesterday, this uh, this complete Apple who uh, is the head of the Democratic Party in California calling for a boycott against In-N-Out. Right. And then In-N-Out comes out and goes, hey, keep coming because we had better sales yesterday than we've seen in a long time. For an August 29th. And, and forget about the fact that in and out spreads the money around to Republicans and Democrats, like yeah. most big business in this country. That guy just, you know, he saw what he thought was going to be his big political game winner, I suppose, and call for a boycott of... By the way, don't call for a boycott of in and out in California. Maybe in Texas, where they have two. Not in California. Doesn't that sound so good right now? See, I told you, you haven't eaten anything, have you? I had bacon. And I had a bratwurst at the game. Do we need to uh, do we need to order pizza or something? So far, the best bratwurst is in Oakland. What? Yeah, I have a bratwurst at every stadium. I know, but why in Oakland? I don't know, but it was delicious. Is it because the sweat of the guy leaning over the uh, it may the have grill been the, is... the, 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 the 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 flavoring of the sauerkraut and the peppers? Hmm. Unclear. Or the crystal meth that they cooked him in? <laughs> I'm just saying. I don't know. No, I'm fine. I brought game. I brought some cheese. Hey, today is free movie Friday, and uh, you can win some Adam tickets. They're giving you a chance at a free couple of free movie tickets. All you have to do is text the word reporter to Adam1, A-T-O-M-1, for your chance to win. The Adam Tickets app where you can browse movie titles, buy tickets, invite friends, pre-order concessions, all from your phone and skip those lines. Don't forget that standard data text message rates may apply. Coming up next, we have a terror in the sky story for you. And I'm not really sure how this can happen, but it did. And remember, you can't spell masturbate without you. You know, you had a full eight hours of sleep, so you don't have, so I don't an, have excuse. an excuse. <laughs> Gary Jenner will continue in just a moment.
Shannon. On this uh, Friday, August 31st, big stories that we're following today include the uh, dueling funerals that are going on, one in Detroit, Greater Grace Temple in Detroit, saying goodbye to Aretha Franklin, and a much more somber um, but just as noteworthy funeral, Senator John McCain is lying in state at um, uh, the Capitol Rotunda. Megan McCain on Instagram this morning posted a picture of herself with Joe Lieberman and uh, Senators Lindsey, uh, Senator Lindsey Graham and said, my uncle's forever, uh, and then wrote, we love you so much, Dad. Now, Megan McCain has had a rough week. She has been just violently sobbing at each one of these memorials where she's been seen. So Lawmakers told this week in Washington by senior Justice Department lawyer Bruce Orr that uh, Russian intelligence believed it had Donald Trump over a barrel during the campaign. Uh, Bruce Orr says he learned that information during a breakfast in July 2016 with a former British spy, of course, Christopher Steele, the guy behind that uh, dossier. Hey, we're also watching this story of NAFTA. Canada had said that by today they would have some sort of a a plan in place for a trade deal with the United States. If you remember, the president uh, said we were going to blow up NAFTA and he had come to an agreement with Mexico and we'll see what happens with with uh, Canada. Well, Justin Trudeau, the prime minister, is supposed to update trade talks today. But in the background of all of this, or I should say now in the foreground, the Toronto Star newspaper published some off-the-record comments today that were never supposed to make it into print. Remember the president sat down with Bloomberg yesterday? Somehow the Toronto Star says it got a hold of off-the-record comments where President Trump said the deal will be done, but we're going to do it completely on our terms, being the United States. And he said the reason he wanted those comments off the uh, off the record was because if that ever got out, then Canada would never negotiate. Locally, of course, the big news is the naked man who led police on that chase overnight. Don't worry. We're on top of it. We'll have all the latest coming up in our local hour at 11 o'clock. Hey, it's time for Terror in the Skies. Flight 209, you are cleared for takeoff. Roger. Get off my plane. Roger, Roger. What's our vector, Victor? Enough is enough. I have had it with these monkey-fighting snakes on this Monday to Friday plane. It's Gary and Shannon's Terror in the Skies on KFI. Oh, boy. This is local. Oh, the horror. Yeah. Woman on a flight, United flight from Orange County to Chicago back in August. Oh, I guess that's this month, isn't it? Earlier this month said that uh, she noticed a guy sitting next to her inappropriately touching himself. For a very long time, apparently. So I have to just um, pull the car over here. Oh, okay. Yesterday, I'm on a flight from Burbank to San Jose. And the man next to you. And the man next to me had his tray table down. Uh And he was watching something on his phone. Oh, my God. And his hand was resting in his lap. And because you and I spend so much time talking about people masturbating on a plane, that was my first thought. Is I was like, oh, my God, is that guy? T-? And so I'd like little side glances over because he would be like his hand wasn't static. Like it was kind of moving around, but it wasn't. Obviously, he wasn't masturbating, but that was my first thought. Like, how sick is that? Because we cover so many of these stories. I don't think that's sick at all. I think that that was my first thought is, is that man masturbating? Well, What was he watching on his phone? Uh, something with really pretty girls, actually. 
Seriously. I swear to God. <sighs> and he had a double rum and Coke. You can't you know control what I've noticed? yourself. That's you not a I, long flight. You, know what you I've can't noticed? wait I know, for like seriously. 30 minutes. You know what I've noticed? This whole flying for work thing, yeah. so I don't drink, is uh, <laughs> how much other people do. And I become the judgy person. Like, oh, my God, that guy's having a double rum and Coke uh. on a 45-minute flight. Is he masturbating? <laughs> You've become my mother all I of totally a sudden. I totally have. How many beers can you drink in one day? I don't know. Let's find out. Keep asking questions like that. You're going to double the number, Mom. <laughs> uh, Michaela Dixon said she was traveling with her boyfriend. She noticed the guy inappropriately touching himself. She tweeted about this incident and said, My boyfriend was asleep in the window seat. I'm in the middle. Man's on the aisle. I had no idea what to do. I couldn't get up because I didn't want to go anywhere near him. And that this whole thing gave her the worst panic attack of her life. She said she couldn't tell the flight attendant. Without the guy finding out, so she just had to wait until he left the seat. That's not the first time we've heard this whole, I couldn't alert the flight attendant without him finding out. What do you think he's going to do if you alert the flight attendant? I mean, if a guy starts masturbating next to you on a plane, I'm all for standing up and, and screaming uh, or yelling something. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, why is it a problem if he it, finds out? Don't you, when right. you're finding, like, he's not a killer, he's just a masturbator. But I think that the assumption is that there would be a violent reaction if you interrupted him. I think that's what she feels. Okay. I, 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 I guess I could understand. Even if, I mean, even if she's on a plane with 200 of her closest friends, True, there's still like, a feeling that. Yeah, because, like, what kind of crazy is going to do that on a plane? If you're crazy enough to jerk it on a plane, you're probably crazy enough right. to punch the girl who interrupts you. Is this going to be one of those times when you go through all the euphemisms of, of that act? No. Okay. I would never do that. You've done that it. Seems... I'm going to look up side effects of interruptus, though, and see if very uh, anger is one of them. There is no oh, yeah. such thing. Good luck Googling that. Well, you know why animals... Never mind. No, continue. Yeah, please finish that It's sentence. filterless Friday. Okay. If I, I've been interrupted by children. I'm going to go home. Not, by, not doing this. Not doing this. Where are you going? You said to tell the story. I've been interrupted before. Right, we've heard. And no, no, different. Like early, young, young child. I gotta go potty. Oh, okay. I gotta go potty. Yeah, yeah. And I heard about that one. Yeah, I would tell the story sometimes and say I totally understand why animals eat their young because they interrupt them doing this. Not this. I mean, it's you almost ate your child because of that. I didn't say I almost ate my child. I you said I understand why animals. Eat their children. Okay. This is going off the rails very quickly. Now, what this woman says is the airline refused to tell her what happened to the guy because he bolted when they got off the plane. Um, He was detained, apparently, and escorted into the airport. And when she asked about what was going to happen to him, the airline refused to tell her and instead gave her 75 bucks of hush money. That's That's her version of it. The officers uh, who arrested the guy, Chicago Police Department, said that they had received a 911 call from a person, not the airline, and that the man in question had already left when an officer arrived at the scene. And she's saying that the United Airline people tried to keep this thing absolutely quiet. Spokesman for United says they're investigating to learn more about what happened. The safety and well-being of our customers is our top priority. 
Our customer was immediately moved to a different seat when the flight attendants were aware of the issue and the aircraft was met by our security personnel. I would just, if you were not, just imagine you're uh, you're in row six and all this is going on in row seven directly behind you. When the flight attendant comes by, and as much as they lean in and try to be personal and quiet about something like this, if you hear the flight attendant lean in and say, um, sir, we've had a complaint that you're masturbating. We're going to have to move you to a different seat. Or just to tell the woman next to him, we're going to move her to a different seat because you can't keep your hands off of yourself. Something like that. That's got to be an odd. That's got to be an odd experience for everyone. Very, very strange. Yeah, you pause You pause your movie really fast as soon as you hear that word. No kidding. Because <laughs> there's a better show behind you instantly. Uh, all right. Now, we told you earlier about the Canadian mom and her daughter that were missing because they were supposed to be camping. We have an update on that story and an update on that other family that died when mom drove the SUV off the cliff in Northern California. An update on both of those stories when we come back to Gary and Shannon. Shannon, watching two multi-day massive memorials saying goodbye to Aretha Franklin and Senator John McCain. Aretha Franklin's service is filled with stars, performances from Ariana Grande, Faith Hill, Stevie Wonder, Jennifer Hudson. Uh, President Bill Clinton is going to speak in moments. Tyler Perry there, uh, Reverend Al Sharpton. And then uh, a very different scene at the Capitol. Senator John McCain's casket brought into the U.S. Capitol Rotunda this morning, carried by the military honor guard in pouring rain. The men there not breaking a stride. That was, uh, I don't know why it's more appropriate for a funeral to take place in pouring rain, but it just seemed appropriate. And it's going to be, a, I guess it's going to be raining all weekend in, uh, in D.C., uh, today, the U.S. Attorney's Office in uh, Fresno is expected to hold a news conference. The arrests of several MS-13 gang members in the state on suspicion of murder, assault, and drug trafficking. Um, so that, that should be an interesting news conference when it comes out of uh, Fresno. Well, we told you yesterday about this missing persons case that had really gripped Northern California and actually a lot of people in Canada as well. A woman from Canada, Audrey Rodriguez, Rodrigue, and her daughter, Emily, 29-year-old mom, 10-year-old daughter, last heard from on Sunday when mom texted her boyfriend in Canada. They were here flying into San Francisco to plan a camping trip. They flew in on Saturday, rented a car, spent a night at a, a hotel near the airport there in Burlingame, and they had been headed to a hotel in Pescadero south of San Francisco, but never arrived. But again, this was going to be a camping trip. They were going to hit up several different spots in Northern California. You and I opined when the news came out that, hey, if if we didn't have cell phones, this wouldn't be in the news. These people would not be missing people. It would not be a missing person's case. Because when you go camping, first of all, when you didn't have a cell phone and right. you were going on a trip, you didn't check in all the time, right? You were just gone on your trip for X amount of days. But now it's like going camping. A lot of people don't keep their cell phones on them all the time. I mean, the whole idea is to 
right? Get out in the nature and the outdoors and stuff like that. You're not going to be on your screen the whole time. So the fact that this guy's, this woman's boyfriend couldn't get a hold of her, to me, seemed a little overkill to file a missing persons case. Listen, if, if Billy Coleman from where the red fern grows can take his dogs and We're be not gone for that. a couple of days We're at a time. not talking about where the red fern grows. Oh, I didn't realize that that was a... It was an emotional coin we're not pocket doing, that you don't like to put your finger in. We're not in. doing that. We're not doing Old Yeller okay. or the, uh, the the third one. I'm just saying times have changed. The third one. I feel like there's a third in one. In the trifecta of dog stories that mm-hmm. make you cry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Uh, all right. So they found them. They are wonderful. They're fine. Mother and daughter are perfectly okay. The San Mateo County Sheriff's Office tweeted out last night that Audrey and Emily have been found. By the way, they garnered their own hashtag, Audrey and Emily. Uh, they checked in, saw both of them, good health. They're just enjoying their California camping trip. They're just uh, not focused on the screens. Yeah, they're not uh, They're not desperately trying to cling to technology in order to, uh, to enjoy their vacation. We should all live like hashtag Audrey and Emily. How about this? How about you just take a, you just take a trip like they did? They have no set plan. You just you choose the destination as you drive. And you go from San Francisco north. There's hundreds, if not thousands, of places that you can stay. Oh, and just you, and, would and not, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't even think that you're in California. Little anymore. pit stops you can make for some vintage cheese, perhaps. It's the second reference you've made to cheese lately. I don't know if that's a good thing, especially vintage cheese. Oh, there's a great vintage cheese place off the 99. I believe it's off the 99 or the 5. And there's signage on the freeway for mm-hmm. a couple of miles before the vintage cheese place. Yeah. And it advertises vintage cheese up ahead. Is it, uh, vintage is it a place cheese. that Huel Hauser would have gone? Yes. I've never smelled a smell like this before. That, that is some vintage cheese. <laughs> oh, you know what this uh, reminded us of, though? What? The, the story of the missing mom and daughter. Oh, yeah, because because I actually said there is a possibility that they, you know, ended up in the Pacific. If they're driving up north along Highway 1 along the coast in Mendocino, et cetera, there's plenty of places where Highway 1 goes right along the cliffs there into the ocean. And there was a family from uh, from Washington State that ended up off of a cliff into the ocean. The Hart family. This was the family, remember, with the two moms and... Uh, I, I believe three children were recovered from the vehicle. The SUV was discovered at the bottom of a 100-foot cliff in Mendocino County back in March. And investigators lear- learned that one of the moms, Jennifer, was legally intoxicated when she drove her wife and several of their six adopted children off the side of that cliff. Yeah, and we learned crazy things about neighbors who would say, we didn't know there were kids there. Or if they're, the ones who did know that there were kids said they never saw them. And that the kids would sometimes tell neighbors that parents were withholding food from them as punishment. So they would go to the neighbors and beg for food. Anyway, the update there is that the Clark County Sheriff's Office has found really no sign of children living in that home. That is the strangest. And again, there were six kids between the ages of 12 and 19. No toys in the home, no personalized decorations in the kids' bedrooms, just no sign. Extremely the, clean and organized. Yeah, the one detective wrote it was uh, that gave a perception of being very sterile. There was very little to show the children had access to any toys or items of entertainment, save for some board games in the family room downstairs. 
And if you remember, we've learned a lot more about the moms since then. In fact, one of the moms, Sarah, spoke openly about the financial and emotional pressures of having such a large family, six adopted kids. And that uh, Sarah would tell them that tell the children uh, had food issues and would eat out of garbage after being provided dinner. One uh, of these co-workers told the cops that uh, she got a text from Sarah about 3 in the morning, Saturday, March 24th, informing the co-worker that she was sick and wasn't going to be able to open the store where they were working later that morning. And then, of course, they found out that they left at about 8.15 that morning. They left Newport or they were in Newport, Oregon, about 8.15 that morning, continued driving south until they got to Leggett. And then, of course, it was the next day that they drove off the cliff, that she drove them off the cliff into the ocean. All right. Um, Bill Clinton's speaking right now at Aretha Franklin's funeral. You ever seen him speak in person? Yes. I've heard he's very, he very motivational. When he very charismatic. charismatic. That's the word I'm looking for. Um, he's got the energy. It's like the Tiger Woods energy. Uh, in the same room with somebody who has that kind of magneticism. Uh, like them or don't like them. It doesn't matter. You're drawn to them. Um, Bill Clinton has that. I saw him speak at UC Davis years and years and years ago. Um, and it was a pretty big auditorium, but he just captivated the whole the whole audience. He's just got a, a powerful orator's gift. When we come back. But he's a dirty old man. We'll t- Do you see him checking out Ariana Grande? <laughs> Poor girl. You can't just compliment the guy. <laughs> no. And he's still a hound dog. That's yeah, all. He's exactly. still a hound dog. All right. Uh, we come back. Naked Men. Gary and Shannon will continue. Uh, what is that? Is that the Emperor from the Star Wars movie? What is that hat she's wearing? Did you see that? Yes. It looks like a black mesh ruffled big old hat. It is a large it hat. Like Who is that? A, it looked like a... Rick Moranis's character from Spaceballs. I was just going to say the same thing. Dark helmet? Yeah. And also uh, a shelter for a family of five. Oh, it's a big hat. Gary and Channel will continue. Uh, Seventy six is our uh, flashback Friday here because it was the it was the first year that John McCain met Aretha Franklin. No, no, I thought that's what we. No. I thought that's what we made up. I feel like I'm John McCain right now at that campaign event when the woman said, "He's an Arab." He's a Muslim. And John McCain said, no. No, no. No. Appreciate that. A bunch of stories that we are following today include uh, the story of these these ongoing funerals for two uh, massive figures in American history. John McCain is lying in state in the Capitol Rotunda, and uh, hundreds of members of Congress have already come through and paid their respects a couple of them spoke earlier this morning. Mike Pence, the vice president, also spoke there in the Capitol Rotunda. And it's been open to visitors, and people are filing by the uh, flag-draped coffin. Several, uh, there. it looks like there's three wreaths there that are laying right around the, the, the catafalque that is holding the coffin. And then uh, in Detroit, the funeral of Aretha Franklin, Amy mentioned this, and I was only half joking that it was going to go on for hours. 
Six and a half hours is what they expect this ceremony to be. So what happens with the meals? Do you do, are there meals outside oh. there? What what happens? How do the people eat? Um, there is a great song. Um, who's the ugly guy that was married to Julia Roberts? Oh, uh, Lyle Lovett. Lyle Lovett has a great song about in church, being in church. And being hungry when the when it's uh, and you're never you're never going to be able to eat. I think is is the best way to put it. Um, well, I I went to church last Sunday. I went to church last Sunday, so I could sing and pray. So I could sing. Look at you. Something quite unusual, Something quite unusual happened on that day. Happened on that day. Yeah. The church started, started right, right on time, on time just like, like it does, does without a doubt. all the time and everything was all just fine except when it came time to let us out you know the preacher he kept preaching he just kept going he told us i have one, one more, more thing, thing to, to say. say children before you think of leaving you better think about the judgment day it's a lot of thinking Everyone got nervous. Everyone was hungry too. Everyone's hungry. Everyone was wondering what was the next thing he would do. And the preacher he kept preaching. He just kept going. He said, now I'll remind you if I may. You oh all better pay attention. I mean, it was the judgment. I might day. decide to preach all oh, day. Everyone was getting so hungry. <laughs> oh, one started feeling ill. And one started passing out. Young ones, they could not sit still. And the preacher's voice rose. I mean, people got to eat. They got to eat sometime. Even God wants you to eat. Got to get them corn nuts or something. Uh-huh. I beg them, brothers, uh-huh. sisters. Got to wait for the chorus here. I said when I give you a signal. Yep. I said when I raise up my hand. You get to eat. Won't you please join with me? The Lord, I have a plan. And the preacher, he kept preaching. Oh, no. Keep going. He kept going. Are you hungry now? Starving. Oh, my God. Father, please forgive me. Yes. I stood up. And, and with all of my might, I sang to the Lord. Let praises be. It's time for dinner. Now let's go. Yeah, up the mountain. It's a good cornbread. Now listen to what the preacher said. Mm. You know what? I... Never had an affinity for Lyle Levitt until today. I'm telling you, I saw him do that song in concert in Seattle along the waterfront there. Yeah, I that's good stuff. Smiled through the whole thing. Yeah, that's it's good such stuff. a great song. I smiled through the whole pursuit of the naked man this morning. <laughs> there was a pickup truck reported stolen. Before 6 a.m., it was about 5.39. What bad decisions have you made if at 5.30 you're stealing a truck with no pants on? That's a good question. I mean, you have no pants I on. I feel like we're not getting the best part of the story here. Like, what happened before that? What, what precipitated at, this? What was happening at 4.30 yeah. that allowed this guy to think stealing a truck with no pants on Where at 5.30 was a good idea? are the pants? <laughs> About 20 minutes later, so about 6 o'clock, at least three LAPD vehicles were chasing the truck as it made its way onto the 10 freeway through Boyle Heights. And then, of course, onto the 101. Exited the 101, downtown, went into East L.A., drove into a cul-de-sac, jumps out of the vehicle, hops hops over a fence and flees on foot. Now, 
You got your dangly part. I was just going to say, that's a that's a risky maneuver. I mean, a fence could get dicey. You could leave you could leave tissue on that fence. Oh boy. If you're not careful. Suspect ran through a neighborhood across a freeway interchange before LAPD officers took him into custody about 15 minutes later in a, a wooded area. Wooded area. Mm-hmm. Love the idea of a wooded area. What cop got to tackle him? Oh, I got to touch and then him you the just time. And then you just have to get a new uniform uh, after that. At that point, I think you burn it. Or you just leave it somewhere and... And then you go get some cornbread. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gave the signal. And, and everybody stands up. I play this every night at my house. Come to eat. Let me get into it because there's there's a. Okay, here we go. Here we go. How long is this song? Shush. Four minutes. Even the preacher gets hungry. Even the freaking dinner up in here. Beans and cornbread. Hey. Yeah. We got a break for news. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, it's all right. We were doing a show. Yeah, doing a show here. Um, Coming up next, we've got an anniversary to tell you about happening today up in the Santa Clarita Valley. That's an excellent point. Thank you. Gary and Shannon. Skyrockets in flight. Gary and Shannon. Hey, reminder, you can donate now to help the American Red Cross initiative to get prepared California. Coming up on the 1st of October, you and a guest will get to mix and mingle and tingle with the KFI crew for an exclusive evening at the OUE Sky Space in Los Angeles. Cocktails, appetizers, about a thousand feet above the city and the iconic U.S. Bank Tower. Um, come on out, meet the team, all the personalities you hear on the air, the news people, live Q&A session, take pictures, whatever you want to do, unlimited sky slide rides as well. Now, you do have to be at least 21 years uh, to attend. You know the OUE Sky Space way up there at the top, 360-degree views of L.A., a chance to feel the thrill when you experience the uh, what they call the heart-pounding adventure of the first-ever sky slide. For uh, Megan Ricks, it was the face-pounding adventure. 100% of the proceeds will benefit the American Red Cross Get Prepared California. Limited tickets. So you're going to want to get them before they're gone. For details, log on to KFIAM640.com. Search the word mixer. Got our eye on a couple of multi-day memorials for Aretha Franklin and Senator John McCain. It's a very somber mood at the Capitol where John McCain's casket is lying in in state there in the rotunda. Mike Pence was there, uh, Defense Secretary Jim Jim Mattis, John Kelly, John Bolton was there, Jeff Sessions, Rod Rosenstein, 
military brass joint chiefs of staff, very somber. And then at Aretha Franklin's star-studded bash, the singing and the dancing has not stopped. We're talking about a six-and-a-half-hour celebration. And when I say celebration, that is exactly what that is. It's, I've been watching this. This thing has not stopped. It, they don't plan on stopping this anytime soon. I mean, uh, Amy mentioned that it's going on for six and a half hours, I think. Let me see if I can listen in, too. And he said, Bishop, we need to call Reverend Holly, and we need to call a press conference because we need to take the press to task for Miss Aretha Franklin. Give God praise for one who had her back. Judge Greg Mathis, he'll be followed by... Reverend Dr. Jim Holly, who will be followed by Brenda Lawrence, who will be followed and by then the Reverend Donald Parsons. They're going on for hours, six and a half hours in this funeral service. She has gone through three outfits in this uh, public open casket viewing. It was her. Uh, this was her third. Uh, third outfit. The 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 casket's now closed, but she wore red on the first day. Uh, Blue, uh, powder blue on the second day and rose gold on the third day. That is how you go out in style. <laughs> we um, we have been – well, you've driven by this park every time you've come to visit my house. Um, there is a, a, a plaque that sits out in Stevenson Ranch up in uh, – for those of you who don't know, it's up in the northern part of the county, Santa Clarita Valley area. And on that plaque – is a dedication to L.A. County Sheriff's Deputy Jake Corregian. It was 17 years ago today that Jake Corregian was killed in a shootout. And but, the, the, reason I, the reason I thought of this again today was the L.A. County Sheriff's Department, Santa Clarita Valley Station, is very dutiful when it comes to remembering this fallen brother. And as I drove to work this morning, they start very early in the morning and basically stand guard at that memorial that's, uh, that's on a corner there. Nearby, there's a six-acre park next to an elementary school that's named Jay Corregian uh, Park. The city of Malibu created a citizenship award that they give out every, uh, every year. There's a street in Newhall named after Deputy Corregian. It was called the James Beck Shootout. Because a guy by the name of James Beck caused all of the tragedies of the day. James Beck was a local guy. He went to Palisades High, later on Rio Hondo College Police Academy, in fact. He even worked for the Arcadia Police Department, but then was fired during the probationary period. After that, he spent a portion of his time impersonating law enforcement officers usually uh, acting as a U.S. Marshal during the time he was working in odd jobs and getting in trouble with the law. Yeah, he'd gotten, you know, a couple burglary raps, receiving stolen property, possession of an assault weapon. In fact, uh, ATF knew this guy, and ATF had searched a couple of his homes, and he didn't put up any resistance. It was his mom who purchased a home for him in Stevenson Ranch, and everyone kind of knew that this was a guy who had a bunch of guns in his house. And in 2000, ATF received information that he was buying large amounts of ammo for assault weapons. And remember, he's a felon at the time. So it's August 31st, 2001, and a bunch of ATF agents, eight of them, a couple of U.S. Marshals, and three deputies from the L.A. County Sheriff's Department, 
visit his home to serve the search warrant, knowing that there are large amounts of ammunition, knowing that he'd been busted for assault weapons before they went in and um, tried to get him to come out. He refuses to come out and, in fact, starts firing upon the officers. He he killed Deputy Corregian almost instantly. Picked him off from a second-floor window. What a coward. Well, the SWAT team is called in, needless to say, and during this gunfight, they fire hundreds of rounds uh, at this guy. He fired hundreds, if not thousands, of rounds, firing on helicopters, both Sheriff Department helicopters, news media helicopters, all with uh, some pretty large caliber ammunition. Hour after hour after hour goes by, and four hours into the standoff, they shoot a hot tear gas canister into his home. And that starts a fire, as you can imagine. The firefighters who were there tried to make sure that the other homes nearby weren't uh, didn't catch fire, but they didn't and couldn't really do anything to stop the fire in his house. In fact, he continued shooting up until the moment the roof collapsed in on him. And they don't While know- all this was going on, there was an ATF agent that was hit. In fact, he was standing next to the deputy when he was shot. And he had to stay right where he was while all this was happening. Injured, he's been hit. And he has to just stay there. By the time that ATF agent, Jeff Ryan, was finally safe, when other uh, law enforcement officers were able to go in and basically recover uh, Deputy Corregian's body and pull Jeff Ryan out of there, the the damage it it appears, had been done to Agent Ryan. He suffered from severe PTSD as a result of all of that and several years later eventually committed suicide and left behind a widow and two children. Now, there were several issues that came up after this shootout, including the Board of Supervisors claimed that the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms did not prepare what for what could have been a violent response. Because remember, this guy hadn't been violent before, at least not when they came to conduct a search of his residence. So they didn't prepare for it and didn't properly warn the sheriff's department of potential risks, which included the stockpile of weapons that they knew that or that ATF knew that he had. That being said, this is uh, one of those days where the cost of law enforcement, cost of the job of law enforcement is going to be remembered by a lot of people Unfortunately, you know, the the intersection where you're going to see these sheriff's deputy vehicles and the the deputies themselves standing guard outside this uh, around this memorial for Deputy Corregian, you're not going to see it. You got to kind of go out of your way unless you live in that neighborhood to notice it. And uh, for the most part, a lot of people are going to, you know, never even remember that this was the day that Deputy Corregian was killed, uh, August 31st, 2001. All right. We come back. Uh, Disneyland news. Oh, Amy's uh, Amy here. Just perked yeah. Up. yeah, you should have seen her. She perked we sa- up. Amy, we save all of our Disneyland news for days when you're with us. Thank you. Makes me happy. So we'll get your um, your take on this as well when we come back because okay. Amy's a number one fan of Disneyland. She's okay, actually you can wearing, say I'm a Disney freak. She's actually wearing her Mouseketeer ears right now. Are they going to have a drink called Scum and Villainy? What does that mean? What is that well, in reference? It's a Star Wars Some reference. Get it. Oh, right. Gary and Shannon like, will like Storm just a Trooper Slurpee. Ah, like that? <laughs> I can play.
Shannon. So Bill Clinton memorialized Aretha Franklin this morning uh, as a woman with breathtaking talent who kept on charming audiences despite her illness. He recalled being a Aretha groupie all his life and meeting her backstage at her last public performance. He ended his time up there at the podium by playing Aretha Franklin's Think on his iPhone into the mic, saying it's the key to freedom. <laughs> what? I don't know. Is he slipping? Is he slipping? Do you remember the balloon incident at the convention? When the oh, balloon yes, fell and right. he was like a little baby with balloon with bubbles. Yeah. yeah. And he's trying to look at the balloons and Well, he may have been doped up at that point because he had to deal with Hillary for all the entire week. For fifty years. Oh yeah, yeah. It's also about oh. when you listen to her lyrics and she went through life, she lived life. Yeah, still going. And when you live long- six and a half hours, I think is what they're saying that this funeral is going to take in Detroit. Um, you know, also- I, I, I am your friend. Do you know that, right? Oh yes. I'm not sticking around for six and a half. No, hours. No, 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 no. And I said, I'll when do, I, I'll do 45 minutes. When I pointed at the screen earlier today and said, I want that over that, and I was pointing to the Aretha Franklin, like I want people happy and up in the. I don't want people somber and bored and like it's a different plus. I don't deserve anything that John McCain has got. You don't deserve of, a rotunda. No. That's Let alone ludicrous. three. <laughs> Very few people. Do. I mean, he's what, the 31st person, right. I think, ever I to think be honored you, with that? You were just saying that you want more of a celebration. Of well, I, and it's not even, you don't have to celebrate me. I don't care. I just don't want you to get together and be like, yeah. There'll be time for that. But if you're going to get together, you might as well have fun while you're there. Um, the, um, the John McCain story is also very uh, um, important today, obviously. He's lying in state in the Capitol Rotunda. And they did a memorial sort of thing this morning with uh, seats for the family. Uh, Mike Pence was one of the speakers. And they'll continue to do this all day. In fact, the body will lie in state at the Capitol all day before tomorrow being taken to the National Cathedral for the public memorial service where Presidents Obama and uh, George W. Bush will speak. And then on Sunday, the private internment there at the Naval Academy. The uh, couple other stories, though, that we're keeping our eyes on include the um, Russian intelligence says that they believed they had Donald Trump over a barrel during the campaign. That's what um, Bruce Orr told members of Congress today. By way of Christopher Steele, who was hired to put that dossier together. The dossier where uh, the president uh, may or may not have engaged with Russian prostitutes. Yes, that was the one. That was involving urination. Yeah, and paying them or something to pee on the bed. Or you know, I almost feel like that would hold more water. The dossier, if it didn't include that anecdote, more water. Hey, I didn't do that on purpose. That's (laughs) just just, you're just magic. That's just the power of no sleep. I have some celebrity news really quick. Oh, before we get to Disneyland. Yeah. Neil Young and Daryl Hannah married in a wedding, a top secret wedding. He serenaded her with Harvest Moon. Are we talking? I was going to say, are we talking Harvest Moon, Neil Young? Yes, and Neil Darryl Young. Hannah? Yeah, he's 72. She's 57. Apparently, they met when they led a Keystone XL pipeline protest. And, and Neil Young, right after the protest, <laughs> filed for divorce from his wife of 36 years. Oh. He saw Daryl, and Daryl's like, hey, Neil. And he's like, later, Peggy. Hey, Daryl. Mm. Daryl. I don't know. If... Anyway, 
Hey, you never know when love strikes, right? I think we've learned that. That's deep and powerful. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, Liquor is coming to Disneyland. Liquor? Um, That's something to celebrate. Now, listen, you can buy uh, alcohol at uh, California Adventure, and you have since it, since it opened, I believe. You or you could get smuggle it in. A glass of wine, that sort you of thing. You don't need to smuggle it the- in. Sorry. I don't belong to the- Club 33, Amy. No, I was going to say, I the do not either. only place that you can get it at Disneyland was at Club 33, the private club that no one actually goes to, unless you're a bazillionaire. Or Amy King. Or Amy King. Um, But in this case, they're saying that when you go to the new Star Wars Galaxy's Edge expansion next year, there will be a dimly lit Star Wars-inspired cantina full of scum and villainy that will will serve alcohols. Pre-mixed alcoholic drinks, though. Yes. I'm never a fan of those. They will serve libations for adults. What do you mean? Pre-mixed alcoholic drinks? Are they going to be like those, you know, the margaritas that are actually beer based? Yeah, I don't know oh, what's going to happen there. You know what? I think I think I, I think I see where you're going here. You're They're not like going to go like, to the store and buy pre-mixed martini, right? Because exactly, you're, you're afraid it's going to be too weak. It never tastes very good, and yes, it's weak and it's too sugary. Got it. But it's <laughs> a step in the right direction. Do you, know you know whose head is turning over in its frozen grave? Walt Disney. Yeah, Mr. Disney. He did not like the idea of selling alcohol in any of his parks. Because it's for the children. That's right, because it's the family atmosphere. <sighs> What's this world coming to? It's coming to Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. That's what it's coming to. Opening next year, although they haven't announced a date yet, but it could be. January 1st. No. Oh. Think about it. May 4th? Star Wars. Whoa! Game. That that's the that's the rumbling on online. Well, yes, the echo chamber of Star Wars fans who are talking about with bated breath the opening of the new Disney. It's going to be super cool. It will be very very cool. And it's going to be very crowded. Amy will be there first or second, but you'll be in the top ten probably. I hope so. All right, we'll come back and do trending stories. We're also going to get into Swamp Watch and talk about what's going on in D.C. outside of. Outside of the John McCain funeral, and something we're planning on doing in the one thirty segment, the Gary and Shannon Broken Hearts Club. Explain what that is when we oh, come back. Yeah. Is it hot in here? Or is it just me? No, it's I think I might have a don't do it. No, 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 yeah. no, no. Yes. Do you guys, how could you not see that coming, you he guys? He did it. How do you not have boogie fever? You're wearing a Snuggie, whatever that's called. It's a, yeah, it's a camouflage. It's Steve Gregory's Snuggie. It really is a Snuggie. It is. <gasps> I haven't seen one of those for she years, wears, but you're wearing it backwards. Oh, let me yeah, show everybody you. points that out. Let me show you why. She's wearing it like a regular robe, but Snuggies are meant to be worn on the front. Yes. Uh, she does it so that when she walks down the hallway, she looks like oh. a homeless queen. Nice. Okay, it's not a parade. <laughs> and but it, and it's camo. She's twirling so. in it like it's a pageant outfit. And it's it adorable, is Gary. It's I don't adorable. know if I would use the word adorable, but everybody's got their own thing. Uh, um, John Thomas said it's like a Bass Pro Shop <laughs> pageant. <laughs> <laughs> 
Miss Cabela, 2018. Uh, at the bottom of the hour, we're going to get into Swamp Watch. The president actually is in Charlotte right now. We're going to be talking about this executive order that he's signing on retirement security in a few minutes. Also, uh, the president's big interview that he gave to Bloomberg yesterday. Some interesting stuff because he mentioned Jeff Sessions and the uh, the rift that he's been having lately with Jeff Sessions. But also there were some off-the-record comments that he supposedly made to Bloomberg that made their way into a newspaper in Canada that may have scuttled or at least put some significant speed bumps in the negotiations, uh, the renegotiations of what was the NAFTA agreement. Hey, what else is going on? Time for What's Happening. I'm sure you've seen pictures of this terrifying crash in New Mexico. Greyhound bus and a tractor trailer collided. The death toll is now at eight. It looks like the tractor trailer veered into oncoming traffic when one of its tires blew, hitting that bus head on. There were 49 people on board the bus. Most were taken to the hospitals with injuries. Do you remember there was an accident like this in Northern California on I-5 outside of uh, Corning, I want to say, where yeah. a truck also jumped the median and ended up into a, into a bus? That was just a horrific crash as well. Uh, I mentioned this one in uh, Strange Science yesterday, but the update on the, plug, uh, the uh, leak in the International Space Station. So an astronaut, Alexander Gerst from the European Space Agency saw that there was a drop in pressure in the International Space Station, which is never great when you're floating through space. But this micro-fracture that he found, about two millimeters wide, uh, was believed to have been caused by a, I think they called it a micro-meteorite. I joked that somebody was chewing gum and was going to plug the hole, hole with a piece of gum. He literally plugged it with his finger. Well, what else are you what, what uh, else are you going to do? I don't know. Got to stick something in there. There's no like there's no tape or something. I mean, well, they, they eventually did. They did. got tape, but the initial fix is of course your finger and then they get the tape. Now they're trying to figure out a more permanent solution. Here's the thing. I don't know if if NASA I clearly or, should be an astronaut. <laughs> I don't know if NASA or the European Space Agency or any of these other international space agencies that uh that are up there or involved at the International Space Station. I don't know if they produce their own tape. But if you're gorilla or you're ducked, you know, you're the duck tape, duct tape brand, you want to, this is your opportunity. It's like the, uh, talk about a marketing thing here. It's, it's kind of like when it was the truck, and of course I forget the brand now that carried the shuttle. Toyota. Toyota. Yeah. It's like the uh, trailer what, for First Man. Where they're just getting all strapped in and everything. So, mm-hmm. anyone have a uh, Swiss Army knife? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're yeah. like, wait, the what? Oh, my yeah. gosh. That trailer, by the way, is very That's good. That's good, isn't and it? And like I was saying, I love movies about the space program because mm-hmm. I know how they're going to end. Like, I know the outcome of all these missions. But you, it still builds in anticipation and suspense despite you knowing the outcome. That's true. Despite years of being sleepy and um, sol- solemnifying... Mm, that's a new one. I don't know if that's even a word. I'm Google it. Um, Kentucky Fried Chicken, or as we would call them now, KFC, is getting back into this marketing game uh, full speed. Now, since they've had, what is it, six different actors, I think, and actresses play Colonel Sanders in their commercials recently, they have a new marketing ploy. They're asking you to name your baby Harland. 
They're offering $11,000 toward college tuition to the first family that has a baby on the 9th of September and names him or her Harland. Do you know how many people are going to do this? Many, many, many people. Well, Harland's not even a bad name. I, no, you know, it's, it's not. Because you, you can nickname him Harley if you want to. Babycenter.com uh, says it was the 6,193rd most popular baby name this year. So that means that someone out there did name their kid Harland already. They're just not going to get paid for it. Now, the reason they want September 9th, Colonel Sanders was born September 9th, 1890. And they said that Harland, if you're looking for the meaning behind it, means meadow of the hares mm. and says old man <laughs> names are cool again. Hares being rabbits, H-A-R-E-S. Oh, not, okay. Not meadow. That's a weird, that yeah. sounds like a witch's yeah. curse Yeah, I didn't like, like where that was headed. Yeah, I put you in the meadow of the hares. That's a bad witch. This is a story for all grown-up boys. A Bugatti name uh, made entirely of Legos. Uh, somebody made a Bugatti Chiron. I think that's how you say that. Chiron. 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 Oh. Um, it does not. It, it, they say it's built completely from Legos outside of the batteries. My that brother are in would it. have loved to build this. Are you kidding? This would be incredible. Fully functional in that it moves, can fit two passengers inside. Lego says the car can accelerate to just over 12 miles an hour. It weighs a ton and a half. It boasts 5.3 horsepower, so clearly not a real Bugatti, but 5.3 horsepower, and it moves. Two batteries in the car serve as the overall power source. No gas or acceleration pedal, uh, but there is a working pedal for the brake. I just think it's crazy that the engine's built out of Legos. Well, it's battery. No, but it says the engine is also built out of Legos is what in red. There is – I see what you're saying. There is an engine – looking piece in there yeah. that's not a working engine. The batteries don't move anything in that engine? Well, they just got to go. What do they have to move in the engine for? Well, how are the wheels going to move? Don't the batteries have to, they're, they're powering movement. There's a motor. Right. That's what I'm saying. Oh, so like, I see the batteries are wired to an engine made of Legos that actually moves something. Mm. That's what it would seem like, right? Coming up then next. it's a Lego made and motor is what you're getting. Yes. At. Got it. Coming up next, Aretha Franklin gets a tribute across the pond. We'll check in with the Queen when we return. Gary and Shannon will continue in just a moment. I believe in Gary and Shannon. Since you came along. We'll do Swamp Watch at the bottom of the hour. Talk about what's going on in Washington, D.C. We're actually going to do the John McCain portion of that coming up at 1 o'clock because the funeral today, uh, the memorial portion for John McCain today is his casket is lying in the Capitol Rotunda. Uh, Arrived at the Capitol this morning. And uh, if you haven't seen the images of it, just in absolutely pouring rain, uh, a military honor guard carried John McCain's flag-draped casket up the steps to the Capitol Rotunda. Again, pouring rain. And I have no idea why that seems the most appropriate way to do it, but it was an incredibly incredible image to see that. Uh, Also... Some interesting things going on with the president and uh, whether or not 
we're going to get some sort of a trade deal with Canada because Justin Trudeau was set to update his country on the uh, trade talks with the United States. But the Toronto Star came out and published what were supposed to be off-the-record comments. President Trump basically said, yeah, we'll get a deal with Canada, but it's going to be on our terms. And the reason he supposedly wanted those comments off the record was because he didn't want Canada to know we were going to do it our way. So we'll see if there's any deal there. The celebration of Aretha Franklin's life goes on in Detroit. It is really uh, a performance to remember by several just superstars. Uh, Smokey Robinson is there. We heard from Ariana Grande. We've This is Ron Isley right now. Ron Isley. Uh, it, it's Stevie Wonder. It is something. It's just been singing and dancing and a happy celebration. To remember her, and as she's being laid to rest in Detroit, there was a ceremony in the UK. She was honored today at Buckingham Palace, where a military band played Respect. I'll get it. I'm just, I gotta work. Oh, okay. Where a military band played Respect. Got it. This famous changing of the guard took place just before her funeral was set to begin here in Detroit. And uh, the band of Welsh guards, which provides music during the ceremony, took the moment to honor her. Spectators gathered and... Oh, hey, Liz. Oh, hello. One queen honoring another queen, oh, I presume. a wonderful, wonderful ceremony that's been going on in your city of Detroit and... The least I could do is have my Army of London guard band playing R-E-S-P-E-C-T. This song has got to mean a lot to you as you became the leader of the royals as a young woman. I mean, it's a message that resonates with you probably. Uh, you know, very few people know how much I had in common with the Queen of Soul, Rita Franklin. We were both uh, women. Uh-huh. Yes. And I hold that very dear to my heart. We were both women. Yeah. Yes. I just love that song. Do you and ever have, sing have this? Have you been watching much of the funeral service? Oh, yeah. It's a it's big celebration. Beautiful celebration of what's been going on. And I cannot, I cannot for the life of me... Uh, understand what Bill Clinton was doing there. Oh, did you see him checking out Ariana Grande? She was wearing that real short dress, and, I mean, he was blatantly looking at her bottom. Um, well, I don't know how you don't look at that bottom, but, uh, but yes, I, I just I didn't realize that Bill Clinton knew every black person in America. Um, uh, how, l- before I continue, where are we on the gin count? Sorry? How many gins have we had? Oh, I very rarely drink straight gin, if that's what you're asking. How many gin fizzes have we had? Ah, in that case, seven. (laughs) Okay, good. I'll know uh, as we move forward in our conversation. So, uh, you, do you like a dance? I mean, I know it's probably harder for you these days to move around and stuff, but it seems like you were kind of shaking it a little bit when the the Welsh guards were, were, were playing respect. If you look 
obviously, my understanding is that on uh, Twitter, is it? Is, is Twitter, it? sure. Twitter, mm-hmm. the army in London put up the performance of them playing Aretha Franklin's wonderful song. If you look very closely, up in the right-hand corner of the image, uh, you could see into one of the windows at Buckingham Palace. That's my booty shaking. Oh. Yes. Thanks for that. You're Thanks welcome. For that. Uh, you're big on hats over there. Did God. you see the hats at, at Aretha Franklin's funeral? Yes. There were some good ones. They were just wonderful, wonderful hats. And I was wondering if in the off chance that I perhaps shuffle off this mortal coil someday. Oh, gosh, don't maybe even. Maybe you might wear one of those hats. Maybe you could look like a dark lord in front of my front row. That would be wonderful. Are you inviting me to your to your funeral? I would be honored if you were there. Definitely seven gins. Mm. Well, thank you, and that was very cool what you guys did for Aretha. Oh, we, we appre- the- let me speak for America when I say thank you. We appreciate it's it. It's the very least we could do. We appreciate you. Thank you for fighting for your independence, by the way. <laughs> Ta-ta. Ta-ta. <laughs> oh, she's a gem. Mm. What did she say? Uh, by the way, Reverend Jesse Jackson speaking now at the uh, Aretha Franklin Memorial. Oh, let's God listen. God has us to witness a powerful expression of his goodness today. Aretha was on this battleground for 60 years. Bow heads in prayer. Accept our petition to God. Touch your heart, you know our ways. Make us better, never bitter. Move fit for the journey. Thank you for Reverend C.L. Franklin. Thank you for Rita. Oh, like somebody said we were being, what's the word? We were being irreverent or something about uh, Aretha Franklin's funeral? You want to find that disrespectful, disrespectful. comments, mm-hmm. the shameful. They're unhappy and bewildered at this long tribute. Unhappy is not the word. No. And bewildered also doesn't enter. It's the... remarkable that the service is six and a half hours. And we remarked on it because of that. I just I just said if you're going to honor me by gathering in my memory, I would greatly appreciate it. But I understand that six and a half hours may be excessive for it's someone a, like me. It's also six and a half hours on the fourth day of it. That's also a good point. Not to be disrespectful. No, I mean, she, but it's not like she's hey, an icon. One big thing. It's, hey, there was day one, there was day two, there's day three, all with different outfits. And here's day four with a different outfit. Just, and- just because you say it's six and a half hours doesn't mean you're being disrespectful. Coming up next, Swamp Watch. August 31st, a couple of things going on today that we're keeping an eye on. The it's very different but uh, very appropriate memorials, both for John McCain and Aretha Franklin. Uh, John McCain's body is lying in state in the Capitol Rotunda atop the Lincoln Catafalque, which is what holds the casket up. We'll talk more that about... A, that is a... 
$50 word, by the way. Catafalque. I uh, applaud your knowledge of it. Um, That we'll talk more about in the 1 o'clock hour because uh, Allie Rogan is in D.C. We're going to talk more about that. Hey, the Turpin parents were in court today pleading not guilty to all 88 charges against them. Attorneys for David and Louise Turpin entered those not guilty pleas in Riverside. A chorus allegedly held uh, 12 of their 13 children prisoners for years inside that home. There was also a news conference today in Fresno where uh, the U.S. Attorney's Office talked about the arrests of several MS-13 gang members on suspicion of murder, assault, and drug trafficking uh, throughout California. So that was a, a big deal. It's time for Swamp Watch. Drain the swamp. We're going to drain the swamp of Washington. We're going to have fun doing it. We're all doing it together. Swamp Watch. Oh, yeah. We've got a nap. We've got a napping situation. She's not napping. She is praying. Hmm. We've There's been, a violinist. The uh, the funeral for Aretha Franklin, comma, Queen of Soul, as they say on CNN, uh, is going on. I mean, this thing started well before our show started, and it's going to go long into the Conway show tonight, I think. Six and a half hours is the estimated time for this funeral service for Aretha Franklin. Somebody, uh, somebody did ask uh, if they are going to serve food there. I don't know what the, what the ingress, egress... Looks like there. I mean, can you get up and go out to the lobby? Let's I'm assume, sure you can. Let's assume they've got little I'm snacks sh- and yeah, stuff out I'm in the I'm sure front. they've got spreads in the in okay. the lobby there. All right. So then, so then this is more of a, a wake with music than it is yeah, a, a funeral. Exactly. Okay. Um, all right. Let's. So what's going on in Washington D.C. outside of the the John McCain stuff that's been going on? We'll talk about that at one o'clock. The president sat down with Bloomberg yesterday, and uh, in an ongoing long interview that he gave. One of the questions about well, came up about Jeff Sessions. There's been some, shall we say, friction between Jeff Sessions and President Trump ever since ever since Jeff Sessions came into the job. Because one of the first things he did as the attorney general was step aside, step aside specifically from the Russia investigation. And one of the reasons that Donald Trump wanted Jeff Sessions there was because he knew that Jeff Sessions was a loyal guy. Jeff Sessions had been a pro-candidate Trump. For a very long time. So he says, I'll make you attorney general with the assumption that Jeff Sessions was going to protect him from uh, the Russia investigation. And he said, listen, I can't I cannot be a part of this because I was part of the campaign. I can't be part of an investigation into the campaign. So this has been this, you know, uh, friction between the two of them has been bubbling up for well over a year and a half now. So. What the president said to Bloomberg was, I would just love to have him do a great job. Huh. I would just love to have him do a great job. And people are opining that that means he'll be fired. He will clearly be fired. On or about November 7th. He will clearly be fired. But you're right. It was probably uh, not until the midterms that this happens. Um, asked if he would comply with a subpoena from the special counsel, Robert Mueller. The president said, I'll see what happens. I view it differently. I view it as an illegal investigation. And he told Bloomberg that he's got great scholars who have said there never should have been a special counsel involved in all of this. You know, by the way, you know, one of the names who has said that this um, this 
investigation into Russian collusion really doesn't have a whole lot of evidence in it. Glenn Greenwald, the journalist who brought you Edward Snowden, remember him? Yes. He is one of the guys who has been saying, although from Rio de Janeiro, he's been saying there's really nothing to this idea of Russian collusion and this investigation isn't going to find anything. I thought that was an interesting voice to, to chime in on all of this. We mentioned this yesterday, but it got more press overnight. President telling lawmakers yesterday that he wants to get rid of a planned pay raise for civilian federal workers, saying that the nation's budget can't support it. He wrote a letter about it to the House and Senate leaders and described the pay increase as inappropriate. Went on to write, we must maintain efforts to put our nation on a fiscally sustainable course and federal agency budgets cannot sustain sustain such increases. This was going to be an across-the-board 2.1% pay increase, and it was supposed to take effect in January. Just kind of a, a yearly adjustment of paychecks based on where a worker is posted, a locality pay increase. I, I don't think federal employees – I mean, obviously, there are, there are, there's a huge number of federal employees, including a quarter million here in California – but I don't know if this is enough to create a voting block, you know, an angered voting block that would vote against the president or against policies just based on the fact that you're not going to get pay raises. Um, I'd be curious to see how that works out. I know that the union obviously would be very strong and could potentially bring in more uh, more power or bring more power with it. But the idea that this is going to piss off enough people to be a, an election issue, I'm not quite sure. Um, When we come back, we're going to talk more about this NAFTA issue, tell you why this Canadian newspaper thinks it's okay to print stuff that's supposed to be off the record. What? A Canadian newspaper would do that? I thought they were nice. I thought they were nice. Let's get Mark Saltzman on the phone. (laughs) To defend Canada? Yes. (laughs) Uh, And then also this this idea that Michael Cohen was not going to pay Stormy Daniels until the Access Hollywood tape come out. I don't even know if I want to talk about I that. I don't really want to talk about that, but if we must. Gary and Shannon will continue. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM640 in the middle of Swamp Watch talking all things Washington. News today that Russian intelligence believed it had Donald Trump over a barrel, using their words, during the campaign in 2016. That's what lawmakers were told by a senior Justice Department lawyer, bless you, during a private interview. We're talking about Bruce Orr, and he says he learned that information when he had breakfast in July of 2016 with a former British spy, of course, Christopher Steele. Christopher Steele conducted that Democratic-funded research into Trump's ties to Russia during the campaign. Vanity Fair later later ran with his dossier that included anecdotes of what the Russians may have had on the president, what kind of dirt they may have had on him. Uh, NAFTA is a big deal today. The Trump administration was apparently telling Congress this morning that it planned to sign an updated NAFTA agreement, either with or without Canada. It's up to them to get off of their chestnuts and do something. Well, some strange things have happened in the last several hours about that agreement. First, we knew, according to Justin Trudeau, the Canadian prime minister, that today was going to be their deadline for whether or not they were going to try to renegotiate, figure out what was going to happen. And in fact, he was planning a news conference today to talk about NAFTA. Well, this is a uh, 
This is a strange wrench to be thrown into the works here. The Toronto Star newspaper published some off-the-record comments that the president made in his conversation with Bloomberg News yesterday. And the comments about Canada and about this ongoing NAFTA negotiation came during the Oval Office. The president talked about Canada with the understanding that this comment would be off the record. And the comment was basically saying he could not go public with his position, his feeling on this, because Canada was going to be so insulted they're not going to be able to make a deal. He was saying specifically, listen, I can't kill these people. I can't go after Canada and just say you're not going to get any ground. It's our way or the highway, because if I say that, then they're never going to come to the table, and I need them to come to the table to get a deal. Now, the Toronto Star did note in their in their version of the story that Bloomberg News accepted that this was off the record. I don't think I've ever heard one uh, media organization that usurped another media organization's understanding and deal that something was off the record and then went ahead and either published it or broadcast it. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen that before. Yeah, nor have I. It. it- it almost sounds like there was miscommunication somewhere along well, the line. And, well, the Toronto Star doesn't say it's miscommunication. They say Bloomberg News made the deal for this to be off the record, but that the Toronto Star never made the deal with the president for it to be off the record. Uh, it is noteworthy that this is a Canadian paper um, because I don't know what sort of retribution the president has, or even if it was an American paper, I don't know what retribution he would have. But he tweeted about it. Tweet, tweet, tweet. What do you think he just tweeted? Sit back, relax, and enjoy my tweets. He said, wow, I made off-the-record comments to Bloomberg concerning Canada, and this powerful understanding was blatantly violated. Oh, well, just more dishonest reporting. I'm used to it. At least Canada knows where I stand. He, by the way, he wins this argument 100%. Those comments, if he made them off-the-record should never have made it into print. And I don't know how Toronto Star gets them if Bloomberg News has them. Speaking of that interview with Bloomberg, it looks like the president joked that White House Press Secretary Sarah Huckabee Sanders was having a nervous breakdown over his response to Senator John McCain's death. Uh, Sanders reportedly stared at him as he refused to answer whether he thought McCain would have made a better president than Obama. Uh, Trump telling Bloomberg he believes he properly honored McCain following his death. I wonder how often Sarah Huckabee Sanders has a a bit of a nervous breakdown (laughs) when she has to deal with the president. Well, we've said this many times. You know, they'll sit together, she and uh, John Kelly probably, and figure out, okay, here's here's what we have today. President's going to be in South Carolina, and he's going to sign an executive order on retirement savings. So what do you think is the possibility he says something crazy? (laughs) And then... Plot out five or six possible things that the president says and how they would react to it or how they would spin it. And then they have to go completely 180 degrees the other way because of the five or six things they thought he was going to say. He said the seventh thing that they never they never saw coming. All right. Stormy Daniels and the Access Hollywood tape. Hold on. Let me put my gloves on. All right. I'm latexed up. President Trump's former longtime lawyer Michael Cohen, reportedly did not want to pay off Stormy Daniels. And Um, then 
the Access Hollywood tape hit. So there was the argument that the payment was made to Stormy Daniels to prevent any family embarrassment in the Trump circle (laughs) and not to assist the campaign. But the fact that he wasn't going to pay her off and then the Access Hollywood tape hits and that's when he decides to pay her off does seem like they're trying to stop the snowballing of dirty news surrounding the presidential candidate. Which would be to benefit the campaign. I I guess I just don't understand Michael Cohen's logic in that. Well, because it's one, it's one, it's one, it's he said, she said, right? It's Stormy Daniels' word. It's some porn star Uh, saying she slept with the president. And who the hell is she? Uh, Again, and then you've got the president on video, on in audio, talking like that, which would make it more likely that he would have an affair with a porn star in the logical thinking game. uh, Rudy Giuliani says that um, Cohen or Cohen's lawyers or people close to Cohen, they're the ones who would have leaked that story to the Wall Street Journal. And he said, listen, I can't keep track of Michael's stories, but if you believe him, I have a beautiful bridge in lower Manhattan to sell you. Hey, it's free movie Friday with Adam Tickets, giving you a chance at some free movie tickets. You can text him now. Text the word reporter to Atom1 for your chance to win. Reporter to A-T-O-M and the number one for your chance to win. It's the Adam Tickets app where you can browse movie titles, buy tickets, invite friends, pre-order concessions, all from your phone and skip the line. Standard data text message rates may apply. Live to Washington when we continue here on Gary and Shannon. By the way, this is not necessarily a prescriptive song. It's just to do it just because it says it like blake by the way uh 1976 being our flashback friday year uh we are three hours into the program and i have yet to hear dancing queen you will okay good (laughs) now that you mention it (laughs) we're gonna ruin the surprise (laughs) uh we are following a bunch of stories including the uh, funeral for aretha franklin going on in detroit right now this is a marathon service for her this is tyler perry And I started thinking about that when I found out she was ill. The queen of soul, the soul, the soul, the queen of soul. What does that mean? Well, the soul is the spirit created by God, which dwells in our flesh. So if she is the queen of soul, every what, what happened was, and we know that she was the queen of soul, what happened was every time she sang, she sang from her soul. She sang from this special place that was in her soul, be it gospel. Man, be actors, jazz, politicians, be other musicians that have been there. This has been an, just an absolutely rousing uh, memorial service for Aretha Franklin to bring to a conclusion. What was it? Three days of viewings that she went through. I have some 2020 news. Uh, the TV show 2020? No, the 2020 campaign. Oh, yes. Guess who says he is not ruling out a second run for the White House? There's an interview that's set to air Sunday on CBS's Sunday morning and face the nation. Who wouldn't run out, uh, rule out a second run. Democratic ticket. Uh, Joe Biden. No. He didn't run the first time. Well, he ran before. Don't you remember when he called President Obama articulate? I missed that. He was a candidate. John Kerry. Really? Oh. (laughs) Sorry, I'm not getting excited about that. I've heard him speak. 
Mm. Uh, one of the other memorial services that's been going on is the uh, the service for John McCain. Also, several days worth. And today, the casket has been uh, lying in state in the U.S. Capitol Rotunda. Ali Rogan joins us now from Washington for the very latest. Pretty powerful today, Ali, huh? Very, very powerful. Um, there were senators and members of Congress, both current and former, who were there, and there was not a dry eye in that in the Capitol Rotunda today. It was extremely emotional. Mike Pence spoke and made a comment about having been sent there by the president. Was that really the only reference that we saw to President Trump? Yeah, Mike Pence mentioned him a few times, which I think kind of struck a dissident chord, dissonant chord with the tone of the whole day, especially because Senator McCain expressly requested that the president not be invited to any of his memorial services. You kind of kind of made you wonder why is he talking about the president when he knew that the president John McCain specifically did not want the president there. Um, but clearly, you know, Mike Pence is a guy who wants to uh, keep his um, – to display his loyalty to the president. He does this all the time, uh, including in settings that may not be incredibly appropriate. Uh, but Pence did offer some of his own words, which were uh, a little more fitting for the scene perhaps, talking about how uh, this is a man who <clears> – <throat> uh, is being remembered in the way he wanted to be remembered, uh, which I thought was a perfect, actually, way to put it, uh, both as a, a senator, uh, a military hero who served his country, a father, a husband, um, and uh, someone who tried to do the right thing. One of the, the lasting images, I think, that we will remember about that service today in the Capitol Rotunda was John McCain's mother, uh, yeah. who... who you know, is 106 years old and still kicking around. It's incredible. She is a force of nature that uh, Senator McCain himself would frequently refer to in kind of demonstrating the the stock from which he is born. Um, she was there. She occasionally wiped a tear from her eye, and she was holding the hand of Megan McCain, uh, Senator McCain's daughter, who was very emotional throughout the entire ceremony, and I can't imagine it was easy for her to see her son buried, um, but uh, she is, uh, it was really profound to see her there. Um, you know, I think we, we should all be so lucky as to live to 106, like Roberta McCain. So what happens tomorrow? Tomorrow is the final memorial service that is open to the public, essentially, Um it is going to be a funeral at the National Cathedral, and there's going to be speeches from uh, some of the people who knew Senator McCain the best, including um, Senators Joe Lieberman, uh, Lindsey Graham, Kelly Ayotte. Uh, the three of those senators at various times made up what was a, a trio of uh, foreign policy-minded senators known as the Three Amigos. They were incredibly close to Senator McCain, and they've spent a lot of time with him in his sickness. So we'll hear from them. And we will also get uh, eulogies from both Presidents uh, Obama and Bush, who denied Senator McCain that ultimate goal he had of becoming president. And the fact that he wanted both of them to eulogize him, uh, I think, speaks volumes about the way that Senator McCain wanted to be remembered. Yeah, Allie, thank you. We appreciate it. Thank you. Allie Rogan there. You know, it's funny that just that last, you know, fact that she mentioned that 
Presidents Obama and Bush will be offering eulogies tomorrow, that John McCain called both of them and asked them if they would speak at his funeral, which wow. is that's a huge honor. It's and for for Obama, I saw a statement that he made about it where he said he was just so taken aback by it. I mean, not that it's not an honor, but are you sure? I mean, I beat you. Are you sure you want me to be the one who speaks at your uh, at your funeral? The woman in the big hat that we've referenced is Cicely Tyson, the actress. And this is crazy. But remember earlier in the program today when we were talking about where the red fern grows and then the other the other book, um, Old Yeller, Old Yeller. Mm-hmm. And then I said there was a third. Yeah, it's Sounder. She oh. was in Sounder. Wow. That's quite a... How did Your we know? that gal That nuts? Rappers. Lots. All them things. They sting back in the hot day faces when Aretha said. Fiddling man stopped his fiddle. Throw his fiddling on the shelf. Mockingbird stopped his whistling because he's just so shaved. She's 93. Folks are playing on the banjo. Drap fingers on the string. She is 93. She can wear whatever hat she wants to at the age of 93. Yes. And she is wearing the craziest hat I've seen in quite a while. Uh, Aretha Franklin there. um, The memorial for Aretha Franklin, and that's Cicely Tyson, the actress who's uh, memorializing her now. All right, we come back. We're going to get into some of the movies that are coming out, not only this weekend, but things that you can look forward to in the fall. And get your love questions ready. Yeah, we've, we, you know, we fashion ourselves um, love coaches in a way. I mean, when you think about it, when Dr. Wendy comes in here on a Wednesday, we talk about relationship stuff. I mean, she has the schooling. Right. You know, you know but, and the credentials. But I feel like there's some school of hard knock stuff that she just hasn't lived like we have. Yeah. And uh, we like would, Shasta Hall, real life. We want, we want to help you through some tough romantic spots. You going just need into a friendly opinion. You're tired of your friend's opinion. Yeah, like, hey, should I tell my girlfriend about my past, or should I tell my boyfriend about uh, the Facebook friend that I have who's really pretty hot, or should I tell my wife about the. Uh, the booty shot that somebody sent me on my so text I'd go hard no on all three of those. Don't 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 shut the door yet. Okay. I mean, there may be an explanation. At the bottom of the hour, we're going to do the Gary and Shannon Broken Hearts Club to get out of this funk that these funerals have been putting us in. Let's get in. Let's talk about some love stuff. So, think about it now. At the bottom of the hour, we're going to take phone calls and emails and uh, anything on social media. One 1534 800-520-1-KFI. If you need some love advice from Gary and Shannon headed into the weekend, we'll take your calls at the bottom of the hour. What could possibly go wrong? (laughs) Oh, sorry. We're having a nice day. 
What is with the hate mail today? Org. I never said it was a bogus dossier. No, they wanted you to say it was a bogus dossier. Oh, got it. Speaking of, there's a new episode of Prepost up on the iHeartRadio. Thank you, Blake. Excellent points. We go through all our hate mail and more. Uh, The Prepost podcast. If you can do uh, iHeartRadio, you can find Gary and Shannon there, all of our podcasts. But the Prepost podcast is something that we do off the air that you don't hear on the air for, well, probably legal purposes, I would suggest. Uh, people cuss at you? There's, do, do, are you looking at me or her? Yeah, both. Her, more often <laughs> than people not. People cuss at Gary, yes, Shannon. People do cuss at us, and only one of us responds in kind. That's not true. <laughs> well, I, I just... I mean, you know. Yes, that's, yes, Amy, the answer is yes, because we can, and Got we it. do. Um, but somebody was also saying we're not doing comedy during John McCain's service. And they were idiots for not understanding or appreciating Aretha's legacy. I don't think anything we've said was was denigrating Aretha Franklin or her legacy. No, I'm not even giving that any uh, credence. Why? Why do people react that way? I don't know, but you know what? Uh, a little um, because listen, meme going around the internet, you know, yeah. is uh, in a world where you can choose to be anything, choose to be kind. Oh, that's we could so... all use a little bit more of that when you you know when you're posting on our Facebook page. <laughs> But isn't, listen, one of the things that I have enjoyed watching about this uh, Aretha Franklin Marathon Memorial is that it is a celebration. Yeah, absolutely. There are people laughing and cracking up. We played for you the guy. Clive Davis. Clive Davis is speaking right now. Listen, we already played for you the pastor who said he thought Ariana Grande was a Taco Bell product. Right. (laughs) But I can't be funny. We can't have fun with it. Don't worry about it. Let's talk about movies. Thank God. What's coming out this week? Oh, so this week we have a couple of uh, great movies and a couple of stinkers. I'm going to tell you the stinker will be something called Bloodfest. Oh, wow. What gave that away? Uh, perhaps the name. It's a, it's a comedy, uh, but it's when a bunch of fans show up to a festival that celebrates iconic horror movies. Okay. But they realize that the guy who put on the whole festival has an agenda. He's going to kill everyone. Oh, that's so basically, good. it's a horror movie within a horror movie. And as they start dying off, three of the teenagers, I mean, the ones who know what's going on, they have more practical knowledge of horror movies than they do the actual psychological killers. They have to band together and they have to battle through these madmen and monstrosities to survive Bloodfest. <laughs> We've got a dozen horror movies between us and actually surviving this mess. We need to come up with a plan. <laughs> We're going to be safe, all right? The windows are all secured. The door's locked. There's no way in. Excuse me. Oh, my God. That sounds terrible. It sounds loud, and it sounds bloody. Zach Levi's in it and Tate Donovan, uh, so that's good, right? Like those guys. But this sounds like the horror movie version of Ready Player One. Okay. Where you have got to solve these pop culture things and, and play there's it to the cliches. little Easter eggs about Listen. different horror movies. Absolutely. Um, the Little Stranger, interesting. After a doctor is called to visit a crumbling manor, strange things begin to occur. Donald Gleason, Ruth Wilson, uh, Charlotte Rampling in this one. This is a little strange because it's a darker movie where they hear voices in this old house. We must check upstairs. We must check upstairs. And then when the woman goes upstairs to find... 
what is a, um, a a talking tube, which was an old-fashioned intercom system where it was literally a tube that went through the walls. She puts it up to her ear and thinks she hears a little girl's voice, maybe. Well, God, that and sounds what's terrible, her- too. Right. And then, of course, the slamming door has got to be creepy, so... Operation Finale is a movie that actually opened up on Wednesday. A team of secret agents sets out to track down Adolf Eichmann, the Nazi officer Ooh. mastermind of the Holocaust. Ben Kingsley's in this. If this is another guy I would watch read the phone me book. Me too. Uh, you'll never see me coming. Do you recognize the man in this picture? The man in this picture is you. SS number 45381. Am I correct? Your number was 45381 45381 45381 was 45326 mm. enough facts accept my fate my name is Adolf Eichmann there you go um, Oscar Isaac and Ben Kingsley and this should be fantastic one that's getting the most publicity because uh, whatever uh, company put it out is probably paying the most to get the commercials out there is a movie called Kin Chased by a vengeful criminal, the feds are, and a gang of otherworldly soldiers, a recently released ex-con and his adopted teenage brother are forced to go on the run with a weapon of mysterious origin as their only protection. Right off that haystack right there. Ooh. Oh, my God. Did you see that? Yes, I saw that. <laughs> 60 grand and a space gun? Who the hell are you people? Uh, this looks like a... Uh, I'm not going to go to the movies, I don't think. <laughs> I know, I was thinking about, the same thing. It's a good weekend to yeah, maybe binge home. watch a TV show. Right. College football. And remember, Amazon Prime starting that Jack Ryan show with John Krasinski as Jack Ryan. Mich- and season two of Ozark uh, comes out. Michigan, Notre Dame. Michigan, Notre Dame, college football starting up. All these reasons. Yeah. Next weekend, however, is the Jennifer Garner movie, Peppermint. If you like the, the TV show Alias, where she was kicking ass and taking names. She pretends that Ben Affleck is, uh, or she pretends the bad guys are Ben Affleck and starts. She puts them all in rehab. <laughs> hey, give us a call right now. Mm. We're going to solve some love problems. Yes. This is an opportunity for us to open the lines. If you have a love slash relationship issue that you need help with and you would like the advice of two absolute experts when it comes to love and relationships. We call it a heartbreak hotline. It's 1983. Are you sure? Yeah. I just made that up. Okay. The heartbreak hotline. If you have a problem you'd like us to chime in on in your relationships, heartbreak hotline? 1-800-520-1-KFI. We can workshop the name. 800-520-1534. The heartbreak hotline on the Gary and Shannon show is coming up next. Shannon. Watching the end of, well, it's not over yet, but uh, a pursuit that, did it start in Ventura County? It's, it's at least Ventura County deputies that are uh, that have this person cornered at the end of this pursuit. Guns are drawn. This is a standoff now, a pursuit that's turned into a standoff in North Hollywood. Um, it's possibly a BMW sedan in this chase. It started in Ventura County. And... We're not sure. The guy is supposedly, assuming it's a guy, uh, supposedly in the driver's seat still uh, as the officers. There's now four sheriff's deputies' vehicles 
that are parked near and behind it. And uh, there has been no movement inside the car. And it's hard to tell just from the vantage point that we've seen from the television, uh, from the helicopters, uh, whether or not they're yelling at him, trying to get him to come out of the car, whatever it is. But they're trying not to do too tight of a shot. Yeah. Um, You guys looking at the Honda Civic or that uh, black one? The black one that's not in the handicap spot. No, the the gray one that would be not in the handicap spot. Okay. Um, If that's a BMW. I think it's a BMW. Either way. We'll keep an eye on this. Again, there's not anything going on. They're just in a standoff right now outside of one of the apartment complexes. Looks in like North a Hollywood. potential domestic violence suspect. Got is it. what we're hearing. All right. Uh, what is this called? Uh, heartbreak hotline. Heartbreak hotline. Heartbreak hotline. Who should we talk to first? Uh, hold on a second. We'll give everybody. This is, you know, Shannon and I being experts in relationships, uh, yeah. you know, been on the dating scene, I guess not for. Almost a decade now, uh, two decades in my case, but in we still have a lot to say about love. So if you have a question about relationships, love, dating, that sort of thing, 1-800-520-1-KFI, 1-800-520-1534. Let's start with Tino. You're going you're gonna to start off the heartbreak hotline for us today on All this right. Friday. What's going on? Right. Hey, how's it going? Super. Um, so check this out. I, I'm, a, I'm a smart man. I know that I am. I'll tell you why. I, I'm happy, uh, happily, and successfully married for 12 years. Congratulations! And, and the reason why, thank you. And the reason why is because I know how to communicate with my wife. <laughs> so, you, so you mean you just let her communicate yes. and you agree with everything? Uh, well, I, I know how to stand correct when I'm wrong. Wow! And, oh, what's, that is and, nice. What's her love language? Ah, uh, wow! What does that you know mean? What? Oh, you got to read. <laughs> I just I, I met her at church, and that's where it all started. And and. Uh, We've been on a good uh, good run, and um, I also know that, um, you know, I would just do anything for her, you know, and, and we have four beautiful children. Well, it sounds and, lovely. And it's good, and, and I, you know, I, I, I hate to boast, but I am also a 49er fan. And oh. uh, she, you know, she just uh, she doesn't, you know, uh, 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 vibe with football so much, but I mean, it's okay. Well, it's, we do sports talk on Tuesdays. What's the yeah, question, yeah, no, Tino? No, no. So, so my question is this. Uh, uh, there is another love interest in my life. And Uh-oh. it's our baby girl. It's our baby girl. And oh, okay. I just don't know how to say no to her. And I have a feeling that I'm going to have to break one of their hearts in the future. And I think <laughs> Shannon could give me the right advice of how I'm going to have to handle this. Well, uh... <laughs> As a father, it's very hard to say no to your daughter right. for her whole life. Yeah. Uh, that's going to be tough. But the way my dad would do uh, navigate the waters between my mother and I, if there was a disagreement, is he would just say, I'm going to let your mother handle it. Uh, and he would just sidestep the whole thing. Interesting. That's interesting. Now, if you're, if you're trying to keep, Tino, if you're trying to keep both of them happy... I would say you've got to just be very careful about scheduling time with each of them independently. You got to go out on dates with your wife. You got to keep her happy. Yeah. And you also have to go out on dates with your daughter for a different reason, obviously, but to keep her happy as well. So, I mean, you're never, you are never going to be replaced in her eyes. You will always be her dad, period. No matter oh, yeah. what happens in the future, who she marries, any boy, it doesn't matter. You will always be her dad. But you have to make sure that that starts very early by spending time with her one-on-one. Yes. Okay. What, right. did, what did you think about Jimmy G last week? Nine for 19. I wasn't sold on the performance. I'm worried the defenses are figuring him out. 
Hey, you know, I, I just uh, – you really want to talk about that? No. No. But, Tino, thanks. thanks for we the appreciate call. it very much. one 800 520 the Gary and Shannon Heartbreak Hotline. Steve, what's going on? Uh, okay, so um, I'm 54. Congratulations. Uh, is, thank you. you yeah, <laughs> and I'm here to tell you that relationships can be awesome at this age if you're in good shape and you don't destroy your body. But in any case – I'm a Unitarian believer. I, uh, you know, I was raised mostly in a Christian sort of experience, but as I've grown older, I've just found that my path to God has been pretty open, and uh, it's been powerful. And you know, down with the whole thing. Never really debated Jesus or any of this. I just was like, okay, that's the story. That's the deal. Fine. Uh, my girlfriend has been born again, and she's pretty uh, into it. Mm. And when we're not at church, you know, she's everything's pretty cool. But when we're at church, I kind of get this feeling I'm going to hell. And <laughs> we well, talked why, about it a little bit. Why are you going to church? Because he's not a firm. Yeah, why are you going to church? Because you're not a firm believer oh, in all I, that. I, I'm, I no, I I guess you, I didn't clearly state it. I pray. Right. Um, I I, I uh, am Christian by birth and by most of my experience. But, but that's the next level. Uh, is, the the stuff that she's into is next level, right? Yeah, I, I guess so. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess I'm looking for your opinion on how would a person mm. who may not completely be there in terms of life. Like I, my thinking is that Jewish people and Buddhists and Muslim all pretty good good chance of going to heaven. You know even though they may not practice Christian principles like I do and like she does. How often does this come up? Like how often does it come up in the relationship where you have these talks about theology? Well, we pray together and um, I've been leaving it alone. Well, let me ask you, just leave it alone. Has has there been conflict between, between the two of you when you talk about faith? The only like, is there one issue that comes up? Sad. Yeah, she got a little sad one time and said, like, I just want you to be in heaven with me and my family when you pass. And she said, if, if you're not accepting that Jesus is the only way to heaven, I'm afraid you're going to get dinged for that, you know, at the pearly gates. And I'm like, well, I don't know. I think it's God's decision ultimately, you know. I, I don't know. Maybe I... I you know, I, if I, this is like a huge part of her life, you just enjoy the relationship and let it run its course. You're 54. You, there'll be other women. I know. You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? Well, I also, I would say this. I mean, that, you know, if if she's a Christian and believes that Jesus is the way to heaven, that's a pretty closed fist thing. You're not going to change her mind on that. Um, and I don't want to. I don't want to. Yeah. Well, but then I, I almost feel like you're not being genuine with her by going to church with her because uh, unless you are saying you're willing to explore the ideas more and ask questions and have them answered, et cetera, I mean, is that where you are? You, you, you still keeping sort of an open uh, mind about this or you're set in your ways? I, I, I believe that the answer to that is 100 percent yes. I mean, my grandmother talked to me about Jesus. I was baptized Catholic. I then went to, you know, different Bible studies as a kid. And it's always been like, yeah, I know when I'm sinning. I know what the expectations are in general. I am reading the Bible now that I'm in this and I'm, I just want to keep an open mind. But I was, you know, 
I just, you know, glad to have your opinion on this. Uh, and I, I feel like I really love this person and we're a good match and I just don't want to, I, I don't want to be disingenuous. I would say no? this, Steve, yeah. specifically about the, the faith part of it to avoid mm-hmm. conflict. Continue to mm-hmm. ask the questions and continue to have the conversation because I would say no one's got this thing figured out. And if it, if you're at least asking questions, then you acknowledge the fact that there's still things that you may not get or understand or know. And I think that's the strongest position to have, not to not to say to yourself or to the people around you, I know exactly how it's going to happen, and I know everything. Oh, no. Stop talking yeah. to me. Thanks for the call, oh, Steve. No way. Appreciate it. Good okay. luck, Steve. We All appreciate right. it. More Jesus talk when we come back. No, hold Gary on a second. Do you want to do Lance? No. You want to wait? You want to hang no, on? No, let's wait. All right, Lance, you, st- you stay around. 1-800-520-1534. 800-520-1KFI, the heartbreak hotline. With a side of Jesus. To end to end the week on the Gary and Shannon show. Yep. Yep. Gary and Shannon. Turn the beat around. Heading into Labor Day weekend. You're working Monday, aren't you? I'm working Monday. Yes, sir. All right. Because we care. We do care. Uh, reminder, you can donate now to help the American Red Cross Initiative to Get Prepared California Monday, August 1st. You make this donation, you and a guest will mix and mingle with the KFI crew for an evening at the beautiful OUE Sky Space, a thousand feet above the city. You can meet the KFI team, the news team, the on-air talent, use that word loosely, Q&A session, there'll be photo opportunities, and unlimited sky slide rides. Now, you do have to be 21 years or older to attend, but for information... And information on the limited tickets, go to KFIAM640.com and search Mixer. We continue with our heartbreak hotline. Lance, talk to me, Goose. Hello. Hey, man. What's going on? (laughs) Oh, no. Is this about Jesus, too? (laughs) By the way, that was uh, name that tune. Turn the beat around. Very good. uh, uh, Alicia Bridges. Nice. Yeah. So my question is uh, is about older men, younger men, and why, since I'm retired now and I have a couple dollars put away, and uh, I look like I'm much younger than I am, does that mean they're gold diggers? Yes. Because I don't like twinks. 100%. That's what that means. <laughs> but Okay, wait a minute. So you're saying younger guys are attracted to you, but you're not attracted to the younger guys? At all. What do you mean, why at not? all? Why not, do you think? Because they're stupid. Yeah. Oh. There's that. It's like you've lived yeah. you've lived through that decade. Well, I feel before. like I have to stand up for younger guys. You know, here. you've dated the stupid 59. ones before. No, I never did. I did when I was younger. Yeah. But no, no, uh, no, no blonde and gray, gray and blonde, none of that. <laughs> I don't know what they call it so, these days. But so, no. are you struggling to find guys that are your age or the age range that you're into? Sort of. Because I don't, I don't go gay very much. I'm more low key. Yeah, I don't know I'm what that. that wait a minute. What does that? What does that phrase just? What does that mean? You don't go gay well, much. It means yeah. I'm, a, I'm a homo, but I'm not that gay. <laughs> you know, he doesn't go to the gay places. All right, well, like, hold on no. a second. I'm looking right now at the genderbred person diagram. Point on the genderbred person where you would say you're gay. Oh, I see. Got Ken, it. I got Ken it. Z6. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, have you tried any of those dating apps? No, my God, no. It might be fun yes. for an evening yes, to just one. look into them. The one called uh, Gur, G R R R R for yes. bears. Right. No, no. 
too uh, too stupid. Well, I I would say this: you said if you've put your money away and you've you know you've made a successful career for yourself, do not lower your standards. You don't have to. I have to have some first, right? That's a good point. I guess you would have to Lance, have some. Lance, thank, thank you. you. Good luck on Gur. Chris, what's going on, Chris? Uh, hi, how are you? What's this heartbreak hotline you want to tell us about? Well, I, you know, I, real quick, I'm a, I'm a full-time dad. You know, I have full custody of my daughter now for eight years, and, and I've been single now for like four years, and I finally met this gal. And uh, we've been seeing each other for five months now, and I have not introduced her to my daughter yet. And uh, like I said, even other days I've had, I don't bring around women to my daughter until I know it's going to be serious. And it's leading that way with this gal. But she and knows you have a daughter, right? Oh, yeah. She's divorced. She's got two grown, adult, grown daughters. She lives on their own. She knows I'm a full-time dad. And that's what actually amazes her about me, you know, tackling two full-time jobs, you know, as a parent and a, a blue-collar worker. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's and a lot. It's, it's been hard. Well, I I would say, Chris, don't be afraid to introduce your to your daughter. That don't be afraid at all. Just baby steps. Yeah, you'll know when it is, and and do it a little bit at a time, like a lunch or like a dinner or play date. Yes, I was going to actually reach down to her about it the other night, and I kind of held back because I didn't want because I told honey something I want to talk to you about. She got out of the shower. Hey, Dad, I thought you wanted. Oh, I just played it off. I said, you know, I forgot. I'll try to remember, and I'll bring it up to you. The reason why she told me, too, we had a little talk in the past, that she's been always used to just me and her. Her mom is out in her life. She lives out of state to be married. Never made an effort to be in her life. How, how old again and is your daughter? She will be 13. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's tough oh. age. That... You know what? People tell me that. Yeah. Why? Because uh, that's gonna, the beginning of the end. potential for jealousy. It, yeah, that point. that's that's when you gotta I pay hyper attention. Just be just be have, honest with everybody involved, Chris. I think that's the best way to go. We gotta we gotta wrap it up. But good luck. Uh, keep us updated on how that, all that, that goes. sounded a little bit dramatic. That's the beginning of the end. Yeah, I just meant that you know at thirteen, it's when uh, you know girls start to find a little bit of uh, independence. I'm terrified of what. You- she must have been a nightmare. I know. I can yeah. only picture. <laughs> I turned out fine. You turned out fine. Gosh. But the road there was, there was dark. Two of you, dark times. What <laughs> yeah. are you guys doing today, John? Uh, Jerry Brown got the power a few months ago to commute the sentences of everyone on death row. Will he use that power? That's a lot of commutations. He, it's, yeah. It was about 750 of them. He's going to be busy. <laughs> yeah. Well, is he going to let uh, Scott Peterson go? Don't you think he'd wait until... You know, January second or whatever it was, right before he's uh, uh, his what successor wondering. is hey, sworn in. They wouldn't be let out of prison. Although no, you never know but, these days. But uh, yeah, he would close down death row in effect. All right, John and Ken coming up next. We'll see you Monday. Stay dry, everybody. Gary and Shannon's side studio show. Check four two seven Check two four five seven twelve. Six, Six, Sixteen forty four seven and a third. Omaha! Hey guys, it's Shannon, and I want to...
Hey guys, it's Shannon, and I want to. That's a really tough thing to say, Shannon and. Hey everyone, it's Shannon. I want to tell you about my friends over at Express Electrical Services and the great work they do. Their team of professional technicians. Their team of professional technicians can fix any electrical problem, flickering light. The story begins Thursday, September sixth on. The story begins Thursday, September sixth on Spectrum Sports Night. At- Log on to Facebook.com backslash I'll do that whole thing. Also check out Backstage Car. That's a mouthful. Blah, 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 blah. Tough foods like steak or ribs or crispy foods like corn on the cob or apples. Maybe you've missed out on a possible promotion because you're suffering from a laugh. (laughs) This is way too long. That's disgusting. It's like in my ear. This has been Gary and Shannon's side studio show. Stay tuned for more outtakes and bloopers. Stay outtakes and bloopers. Go. You know what I'm saying. We're going to keep scrolling up. That's it. That's it. That is it. Gary and Shannon.